Digital Gonzo, episode 155, recorded Thursday the 10th of October 2013, Lou Reads the Internet. Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to read the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is the delightful forum called Happy Bachelor. And Happy Bachelor Forum is a forum for men who hate women. They have given up on women. They're not gay. They still uh, like to have relations with women. They're just not interested in what women have to offer as far as being partners with them. It's a wonderful forum to go to if you just want to delve into the mind of a sad, angry man. A couple of weeks ago, after becoming fascinated by the broader concept of the fan response show and looking for a more anthropological approach to studying online human behavior, I came across a podcast called Lou Reads the Internet. On this podcast, which has run for uh, something like 120 episodes so far since March 2009, Lou Fernandez simply reads aloud, almost always from forums, almost always the words of people who have special interests, now, those could be racists, misogynists, fetishists, and fantasists from all walks of life. He proceeds for 15 to 30 minutes and tries his level best to remain impartial. Some of his most interesting episodes are ones he obviously gets ruffled by the content and breaks down repeatedly. I devoured show after show hearing from tea partiers, adult babies, furries, men with big penises, men with small penises, meth addicts, beleaguered hotel workers, those who are poised for the rapture, and white supremacists looking to make their hate-filled rhetoric more appealing to children. It is not, repeat not, I repeat one third time, not for the faint-hearted or those with weak constitutions. And since I have Lou with me tonight to talk about his show, I am issuing a rare warning to all my listeners. (laughs) This is probably going to get disgusting. You may end up nauseous, furious, terrified. This is effectively extreme podcasting. I will try my level best to keep the conversation under control, but I'd strongly suggest that if it gets too much, then you switch off and come back for next <laughs> week's episode, on, which will be on the movie The Matrix. It also goes without saying that if you're a child listening to this, turn off now. There are things you need to spend more of your life not knowing about. And be sure to tweet me with the timestamp for where we broke you. I will compile a list, and this will probably end up being more of an endurance contest. It is, however, possible that you may be fascinated by some of this. So listen on. So, Lou, welcome to Digital Gonzo. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you very much for coming (laughs) on, and at relatively short notice as well. Uh, I'm easy. Okay, so before we get down to business, I'm going to let you go off on you know, all of these various subjects that I've got uh, bullet pointed. Uh, I'm just going to run a scale that I made while listening to your show past you. And this is basically four points, four levels. And if I'm honest, four measures of how judgmental I am, because I like to believe I'm pretty open to people's kinks and perversions. What they do in their own time, in their private lives, so long as they're not hurting anyone is absolutely fine by me. Sure. doesn't mean I really want to hear in graphic detail what all of them think and do. But level one of these four is your basic weirdness. Weirdness being relative and with myself being considered pretty weird by perfectly normal people. So basically forums where people describe their fantasies of being eaten alive, level one. I have no issues. Doesn't appeal to me, but nobody is worse off because of them. 
Level two is where they start being dicks to other people, and other people suffer. The folks who go to hotel rooms pee everywhere and then leave. They get the thrill from doing something naughty and not being told off, and some poor maid has to clear up their mess. They're being dicks, level two. Level three is when they start becoming dangerous to themselves and a few other often willing people. The ones who we're talking about uh, being eaten uh, spoke of a man who detoothed, <laughs> you'll remember this, an alligator and was teaching yes. this alligator to swallow a human being. So <laughs> I can't get through this. Yeah. So that they could experience that sensation of being swallowed without being killed. In pure <laughs> medical terms, this person is crazy and in danger to other crazy people. Talking about it is fine. Actually doing it is rather dangerous, possibly lethal, although seemingly voluntary. Not so nice for the poor alligator either, who's most likely going to end up being cut open when the pervert he swallows won't come out the other end. At the high end of level three, you get Armin Muvis. Is that his name? The cannibal who arranged to eat that fellow in Germany. This straddles the border of level four when you become actively dangerous to members of the public. I would classify certain persuasive individuals level four if they're able to convince the young and inexperienced into criminal acts or genuinely harmful behavior. Meth addicts who introduce friends to their habits and claim no responsibility since they were always going to get into meth eventually. The circumstances don't matter at all. When you read that bit, I ground my teeth. Therefore, <laughs> therefore, they're all blameless. Absolutely level four, dangerous to other people. My wife Sharon asked me last night if politicians, blind to the suffering of others, shutting down social benefits and healthcare and making millions of people's lives range from difficult to unlivable, would qualify as level five. For them, I invented a level six. <laughs> now these are of course my levels not lose but it'll be interesting finding out what he thinks and how he copes with absorbing all of this material so we'll continue this podcast with that in mind delving into the many groups that lou has read aloud the thoughts of and i will attempt to classify as we go merely to give some perspective interestingly we're not going to start at level one and work up everyone's tolerance levels are going to be different. There are going to be people who have no problem with one aspect, but another really freaks them out. So I can't just, I can't just assume uh, that what we're going to talk about will be sort of in a, in a slowly increasing level. You might get something in the middle which really freaks you out. So and we're going to start with a group of men who run the gamut from levels one through four, who it's arguable make other people's lives miserable. So, I mean, this was the first podcast I actually listened to of yours um, after finding yours. Um, the Misogynists, the, uh, uh, the, the Happy uh, Bachelor Forum. Uh, so, oh, the so, Happy Bachelor, sure. Right. So each time we, we go to a, a new group of people, I will sort of – I'll tell you roughly who they are and you describe these guys. Also include n the Nice Guy Forum, this, the more, your recent show on this one. Uh, they're different forums, but basically they all yes. kind of rope in as people who um, – Right. I'd yeah. say the, the Happy Bachelor Forum was really – it's a – a forum for men who, um, uh, gosh, they hate women and they, but they're also just terrified of them. So like they just can't get over that. Like they cannot relate to them in any way. So they, it was, they created this forum where they could just get together and just sort of talk about how much they hate women and why. And, and the, the Mr. Nice Guy forum is really more about hating women's culture and believing that uh, feminism has destroyed America and how all Western women are terrible. And most of them actively seek out uh, Asian women, uh, or at least fantasize that Asian women were somehow easier to um, get along with. Well, apparently the moment they come over here, that ruins them. 
<laughs> Sorry, I say here. I mean, uh, you, the, you guys in America. There's the corrupting influence of the uh, white waspish American female. That's true. Yes. So. Uh, there were many aspects of this. I played it for my wife. Um, uh, she's very heavily involved in women's issues and just, just to sort of watch Ugh. her reactions to it. And she was, <laughs> she was like biting her lip and balling up her fists and going, ah, and I was like, no, no, wait, hear them out. <laughs> and it was genuinely uncomfortable for her to listen to. I'm, I'm going to play a, a snippet now and I'll, I'll oh, okay. be doing snippets throughout this. Super bad replies. I am an expert at using women's own words against them. They end up arguing with the previous sentences, as if in a time warp. When women go ballistic, I try not to let them phase me, and I've said some awful shit. I try to be the better person and laugh in their face. To do this, imagine laying on a beach chair, sun blazing, breeze going, and getting blown. You lose track of what they're saying. Try it. It works. I carry a digital reminder. When a chick is off her rocker, I press the button and play a pre-recorded message. Example, it says, quote, I'm sorry to hear about your problem, but the real problem is you're a noob, close quotes. I am good at adding words into my sentences for dual meaning. For example, quote, I am truly your fault, sorry. I sincerely lie or hope you will nutcase accept my apology. I do this to women early on. It's a great icebreaker. And how they react speaks volumes. Analyzing replies. I escaped from a crazy termagant one time ago. Deep down, my gut feeling knew something was wrong with this creature, who was a Hispanic A.W., and that stands for angry woman. Her insidious attitude got really old. She was from Honduras and acted like a typical gringo chick from the States. I used to ruffle her feathers and tell her, why do you have to behave like these white chicks? She would get pissed. She knew her verbal manipulative behavior was not how she was raised, but once they put their feet on U.S. soil, you know how the story goes. Pretending to be a good Hispanic girl with the A.W. mentality. Right. After a while, mentally, it was cumbersome. I had to do the right thing. Oops. I mean, I had to do the, I had to do the M.G.H.O.W. thing and drop her like a sack of potatoes. It was brilliant how I did it. To me, at least. I should have been awarded an Oscar for my performance. If she only knew how I did it. <laughs> I call it the preemptive equalizer. <laughs> Miggs replies about the Hispanic women. Men go over there and get physical bowel disease. Women come over here and get give mental and emotional shit. It's not fair. A forum guest replies, I do not recommend bringing a foreign wife to the U.S. However, Anglo women are so bad that the divorce rate for foreign women in the U.S. is allegedly half of what it is to be married to an Anglo woman. That is still too high, of course, but it does show you how disgusting Anglo women really are. The, the thing that really upset me about the nice guy forum was the whole, and this is quite disturbing, folks, so I'm going to give a, a violence to women warning now. And Mikey USA replies, One thing Biomech and I agree on is that anarchy would be a good thing. He, for his reasons, brackets whatever they may be, and I, for mine, which are as follows. In the absence of laws and the police who enforce them, what power does a woman have against her husband? Some say knives and guns, but those can be locked away and the woman given a plastic knife, which is enough to prepare food with. In anarchy, domestic violence and marital rape would be moot points. A husband could do as he wished with his own. Then, of course, is the chore of properly raising daughters to be good wives, which is to raise them as girls that will willingly obey their husband and serve him. 
The prison can be the woman's own mind with a backup external one for those who are abnormally strong-willed. Smiley face emoticon. My daughter, should I have some, will be made for men, brackets straight out of the biblical verse. And Anti-Riad writes, I agree with Mike on this one, brackets as radical as it sounds. I think the fundamental assumption in disagreeing with him is that men are by nature evil. Perhaps some are and some are not, but if you have read The Republic, you can see which type thrives and which one fails in the long run. Therefore, in his own interest, a man will not abuse his wife, even if she has no essential, quote-unquote, right to oppose him. In effect, he is the moral authority, brackets which I believe we all agree is valid in more cases than the wife being superior in morality. And therefore, for his own benefit, he treats himself and his wife appropriately. Yes, some will become tyrants. Those are, in effect, the rapists and murderers today. So little would change in that regard. What would change, in my view, is the decay of society that is currently taking place. When you emasculate men and deprive them of their natural ability to raise their own family with proper values, values, brackets, which far fewer women are able to do, as is becoming increasingly evident, and which the government is certainly completely unable to do. What it all boils down to, brackets what Mike is saying, there is one quote-unquote captain and the rest is crew. The crew follows the captain's orders and he in turn must ensure that he carefully scrutinizes his knowledge and wisdom to bring prosperity to his family. One part of that is not hearing quote-unquote no from his wife if he wants sex. A just and reasonable man should never be assumed to be unreasonable in that regard unless you believe the tenets of Feminism brackets. I don't. Okay, right. So, how did this affect you? I mean, how? How? Um, I'll ask this of all of them. I mean, does this get at you in terms? I mean, you don't have to in any way prove yourself and go. Well, I hate all of this. No, no. But I, um, which I, ones um, affect you more and less? So. I I have to say that um, after having read a hundred of these things, and in general, things don't <laughs> things like this don't. I just uh, it. It's more of head shaking for most of it. Mm. <laughs> Don't, uh, they're obviously um, extreme uh, and what I would call bananas points of view. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just when I, I'm just that they, it, it's more amazing to me that they have such strong opinions about such an absurd, absurd points mm. and they can wrap, you know, wax on about them for so long. And even when there's like someone who's like, now let's hold on. This is, this is extreme. But, I mean, the law should be abolished. But, you know, (laughs) even when there's like the temperance, there's also like, well, of course, it should be abolished. But they're not slaves. I mean, they should just want us to have our way with them at all times. (laughs) But like I said, like when I read them, I'm usually not um, that. I usually just am like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> this is how you feel as long as it's interesting. Um, yeah, you know what's the funny thing is for me, the weird, the thing that I thought was one of the weirder forms for me was the one for people who like really like centipedes. I haven't heard that one yet. Describe it's, it briefly. <laughs> it's just people who like centipedes, centipedes and tarantulas and bugs. And for me, I was like, the people were like, oh, the centipede is so cute and it's got the most amazing colors. And for me, that was more like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, why? All right, I guess. And, you know, people are like, oh, I had this great centipede and it bit me and like it burned my hand and my arm swelled up and oh, but it's so cool. And I was, for me, the idea, I mean, I, I just don't understand that at all. Like, and when I read, <laughs> it got very little response, but you know, uh, when I read these other things, I guess I just, uh, the more horrible they are, I'm just sort of like, I guess I, the part of me that's horrified shuts down maybe. I'm not sure. I, you know, it's funny. I, I had a, uh, one episode of my podcast. I, uh, I can't remember which one it was. Um, someone wrote a comment on the blog, basically 
look, the internet was created so that people like us mm. could get together and have a forum. And my response to that was like, no, it wasn't. It was created so the government could <laughs> talk <laughs> after there was a nuclear war. This if is a secondary function. <laughs> if the scientists and generals who are surviving in their bunkers after a nuclear war want to talk about uh, how they've succeeded in untraining their you know, ability to hold their waist while they're sleeping <laughs> you know, so they can go to the bathroom in their diapers while they sleep and wake up soiled and happy about it, then maybe that's a side benefit of the internet. But it's uh, definitely not the original concept. The scientists were like, what? <laughs> people, freaky people need a place to meet. Again, and, uh, a positive aspect of it is it, it makes me feel less weird. <laughs> sure. I mean, if you ever... I mean, it is good that there are places where people like-minded weirdos can get together and weird being relative. Of course, they, they get together on these places and they're, they can be sort of in the, they can have a place to be that's not affecting anybody. Mm. And, you know, it's your choice, people's choices to make those things private or public. And of course, they want them to be public for the most part so that they can get new members and, and whatever. But also the downside of that is that people can discover it. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to get into like the, how I got into it. Oh, no, that's what I was going to ask you next. Basically, how you get into it and, and, and how you do this. So you go for it. Um, well, so I guess, um, I started, I belong to this, another website called somethingawful.com and nice. it has a very active, uh, sub forum or forums. And one of the weekly things that they used to do, uh, was a thing called the weekend web where there'd be sort of, um, explorations. They would pick one or two forums and they would do explorations into these forums and try to find the dumbest posts possible. And these were, you know, this, the idea was strictly find the, you know, most absurd, you know, dumb opinions or threads and just take screenshots of them and post them. And I was very active in that, um, through like the latter half of it, I'd say before they stopped doing it. And what year time frame would this have been? I can look it up or I can send you the link. Uh, I believe, when did I start doing it? Uh, probably two years before I started doing the podcast. So, like 2007. I think so. Yeah. So I had found some really, we did some ridiculous sites there. Uh, some of them, which I've gone back and done the podcast. So I think some of the original ones were from, from that actually, uh, specifically like one of the bestiality sites. Uh, they were. <laughs> Was that the earliest bestiality thing? I believe so. I believe so. The chef and the cow. Yes, yeah, and the uh, the woman with the boar. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, we'll talk about them in a bit. (laughs) That was was absurd. I think I found that boar thing being filled with the gel. Um, Oh, God! (laughs) You can't sneak gel up on people. I've got to warn them. I guess it started in 2003, but I didn't start doing it until later. I did that, and then they had a resident animator... Uh, called Schmorky, who did these weekend web sort of compilations where they would do all these wacky voices and read them, you know, obviously making fun of everybody. And I was very jealous of that, uh, that I couldn't get in on that. Um, podcasting was sort of coming to its fore and mm. I'd always wanted to sort of get into voiceover work. I'd always been told, oh, you should do voiceovers, whatever. And I thought like, this is a good way to sort of not only learn how to record and edit, but also do something that's related to the forums that I enjoy and also showcase your voice. Showcase my voice. So I started, uh, the podcast just, I started recording a couple of things here and there. Um, and then decided to 
do the podcast. And then luckily Lou Reed's was available as a uh, URL. So That's neat. Yeah. <laughs> Your first end. episode's about a guy who liked getting farted on. Yes, that's ah, true. That's true. I think the very first thing I was on there was the, um, I think I had to add this later as a, as a bonus episode. Oh, right. It was a, oh, a Craigslist guy about someone who wanted someone to piss in his wife's shoes. <laughs> Something like that. I'm not sure. Gotta be her shoes. Because <laughs> well, he can do it himself. Well, he, yeah, or maybe, ah, uh, I'd have to go back and look, but it's, there Certainly was urine and his wife's shoes involved. Okay. Yeah. Or it may have been, yeah, <laughs> trade picks of someone else's wife's shoes. Uh, people, that is one of the, that's one of the, that's one of the forums when I, when I read it, I was like, what is the fascination with this? There are some that you read and you're like, hang on, I'm, I'm not sure how this kink got worked into their head. Like, I, I can, I can work backwards and deconstruct all of my kinks and some of them are getting weird uh, but uh, but i there are some which are so very specific that you've read out like how how could that literally be the thing that suddenly gets to them again this is the the marvelous makeup of the brain which this this show showcases okay right hang on let's let's move briefly on to uh to some to some more shouters and haters uh the tea party nation who are uh, next on my list yeah yeah, these guys won't be so uh, familiar to uh, folks in Britain, but they um, you read this way back in like uh, 2011 when Obama was in the middle of his first term. And there's a, there's a lot of, you know, show us the birth certificate, show us the birth certificate stuff. We, we're, we're sure he's hoodwinked a nation. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, the Tea Party, it basically wants to undo the federal government and eliminate taxation. They believe that... You know, somehow things will get paid for if they like to pay for them and the corporations shouldn't pay tax. It's a, it's a terrible political movement that's sort of overtaken the Republican, um, branch of our government. And, uh, I just find that their postings are usually, they're so crazy. <laughs> they are really on the verge of complete, um, delusional, you know, insanity that they're fun to read, but at the same time, it's, Really hard to follow. There's utter hatred of liberals in there as well. Just yeah, it's unbelievable. With even the slightest left leaning. And Corey Whitman writes, liberals cannot force their morality on anyone because they don't have morality. Everything is okay with them as long as you don't piss in their yard. It's okay to piss in the neighbor's yard when it suits them, liberals. And when it hits home, then morality becomes an issue for them. But they are like Sunday Christians. Sunday I will follow God's word, but the rest of the week I will have to spend. But the rest of the week, I'll have to repent come next Sunday. They are full of S. Anyways, they're heading through the wide gate that leads to destruction. Sorry, I hope that they realize how wrong they are and go through the narrow gate, which is Jesus Christ. Then morality will not be an issue. They will live morally and righteously before God. Good grief. And Clarice Davis writes, You are right, Judson. The world has gone mad. So many things wrong. We wake up every day, all day long to this insanity. Very depressing, to say the least. And it probably will continue to be depressing. What to do about it? Are we doing all we can? I surely would like to go back to the innocent 50s and 60s. No such luck. I am really feeling we are going to have to go back to scratch, whatever that may be, before we can go on. It has all gotten so complicated. They can't even make a simple decision to protect the kids from padded swimsuits? Can't even believe it. And the worst part, who are we so pose to believe? The liberals just keep on going and going. 
totally against the popular vote. <sighs> what the... F- what? This retarded. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling it's all going to be the same. <laughs> and Phyllis Owens writes, Who's raising the kids? Mine are grown and having children of their own. I'm here for three out of four, where homeschooling is no longer a thought, but the only alternative to public disregard for God and morality. If we can't stop this insanity, and I know our Tea Party senators and representatives are holding their own for us to stop the wasteful spending, we just have to keep faith and present our case to every American that leaves a church on Sunday. Even just the talk of the Ten Commandments and how people who call themselves Americans no longer want God anywhere in a country created by Christians for God. There are two countries, nations perceived by the Bible as blessed, Israel, and the country to the west settled by the tribe that went over the Caucasus Mountains. Guess who we are? Enough preaching. If anyone has better ideas for flyers outside of churches, please put it on the Tea Party Nation's all discussions. Thanks, Phil in MI. Okay, I just want to read this one more thing. Wait, where is it? And Dwayne Bass writes, This all started with taking prayer out of the schools. Christian prayer. This is a Christian conservative nation. It is what we were founded as. And the atheistic left has hijacked our moral guidepost. We need to re-implement those values. And if you do not like it, you can leave. I'm speaking to the sexually promiscuous gay constituency here, without a doubt. Let's take on the one aspect of Shiara law that works. Death to the homosexuals and perverts. Okay. And Katie Calfin writes, I really don't think that we need to kill off anyone, even the gays. Look, I'm not happy that gays are out there, but my beloved uncle is one, and I will protect him with all that I have. So that comment was not cool. As for perverts, well, that is different. I mean, I'm so glad that they are not in power, knock on wood, um, because that is, I mean, they, they sort of derailing the Republicans, but I mean, they're so extreme in their ridiculous... uh you know, want, hatred of the government. That it's, I mean, it's fun to read just because it's, it's hard to believe that anyone would, <laughs> even if you post a rational counterpoint in there, they're just like, you know, screw you, you're nuts. <laughs> you're first in the, you know, in the firing line. So, so where do you find these sites on a, on a weekly basis? Do people actually um, bring them to your attention or is it just in your standard internet searches? Um, you have a giant list of things that you've been told to check out. I have a big old Google sheet or, you know, Google Drive document that I have full of forums. And a lot of them I do get submissions from listeners. Um, I have a couple of um, online friends who that I've made through the podcast who whenever they come across something, they'll send it my way. Um, there are also sometimes I go back to the weekend web, see if forums are still around from some there because some were really great forums back then. Um, and then also sometimes I'll just sort of put three or four words together that don't make any sense and see what comes up. <laughs> you know, centipede fetish. Yeah, you know, or you know, boot urine, something like that. You know, whatever. <laughs> see if it comes up, uh, and just put form at the end of it. And uh, sometimes pretty good things come up. Um, but uh, yeah, most of the time it's just sort of like, or I'll hear something in the news and um i don't know if you listen to the um oh dark fetish website uh, yeah no I, yeah. I may have emailed you about that one that one actually had me um uh, i'm i'm holding that one back for later but um, yeah yeah so that one there was a story in the news here in the united states about this in here in new york about a cop who uh had been in theory plotting to murder and eat his wife and he had 
been having online conversations with people about how he was going to do it and like the plans. And he was actually convicted just on the thoughts and the plans. Yeah. He hadn't actually done anything. It was sort of a thought crime. And so when I read that it was actually a forum, I was like, Oh, I got to find this forum. So I like did all this searching and like read all the news articles until I found one that mentioned the site. And then I found the site and registered so I could read the things. And, um, it's that forum reading that one. That was probably the most mentally upsetting one. It wasn't nauseating. It was just sort of like the casualness of the murder and, uh, rape discussions there. It's like, you know, very specific sadistic aspects to it and emotionally torturous as well as, uh, uh, physically. Yeah. uh, Just describing a few seconds worth of that to Sharon really, really genuinely upset her. So uh, I had to, uh, you know, I'm not (laughs) even going to put a clip of that in here. Folks have got a very, very, uh, I'm not even strong stomach, but if you, if you are emotionally resilient, maybe listen to that, but it, it upsets one of those. It's one of those things that when you, you hear it, you're just like, it's like, why, why, <laughs> why this is insane. But the, the, just a, the quick reference I use on that, from that episode is there's an, there's a, a question put forth, just sort of like a throw out, I'm throw out this question. Mm. And the question was like, if you were going to hang oh. a mother and a daughter, that was the question that I, which one, which one would you do first? And people, People's responses immediately went to like, well, you're leaving out that you would want to rape them first. And then, then the escalation of that was just like, (laughs) why did you do that? And uh, it made me just think, how do you get up in the morning, eat food, go to work, finish your work, come back and post on this form? I don't see how people who wrote stuff like that could actually function as human beings or be a police officer. Hmm. Well, well that's, this is where it skirts around the sort of level three, level four area, because uh, yeah. while it's um, in, in, it's ridiculous to suggest that every single poster on there is a serial killer, if a serial killer was going to post on the internet, that's where he'd post. Yeah, probably, yeah. That's that's probably one of the darker places that I've uh, that I've found. Yeah. But the but then the question is, would they really post there? Or would they just serial killers are Seems so somewhat passed, incriminating. So yeah. They might just be hanging out in your regular form. <laughs> just sort of, you know, having regular chats. They do that serial killer thing on the side. They would want to, there's no serial killer forum yeah. where they discuss the tips and tricks. I don't know. That, that, that dog fetish one was getting pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty gross. It was, yeah. it was, but again, it, it skirts on that idea of like just, I mean, it feels more like people role playing weird, horrible fantasies, especially if, uh, you didn't go there, did you? No. Oh no, Christ okay, no. Yeah. Just listen to yours when we go right, the, and I now the, need a shower. The images on there. I mean, I had no idea that there was such a market for, um, murder fantasy photo shoots. Cause there are, I mean, the, the murder fantasy photos that are uploaded there are incredible. <laughs> They're like, uh, I included one on the, on the blog, um, which is, it's a picture of a photo of a woman looking wistful with like a noose around her neck or like an, uh, not a noose, but like a dog collar. And then in a jar next to the photo is a, uh, like a vagina in the jar. And it's obviously like a latex vagina that's been, you know, cut out of some sort of model because a human, <laughs> human body parts wouldn't look that nice in a jar. But, uh, it's like, like her looking sad and then right next to her, the, her is like this 
in concept her vagina. And she sort of was like, somebody went to the trouble <laughs> of shooting this whole photo shoot with this girl and then having like this be the final photo. Yep. With her body parts in this jar. And it's like, that is deranged. And, and I uh, say again, how do you get up and go to work with <laughs> brain like that? Yeah. yeah. But they yeah, do over the weekend. Well, you know, photo shoot. <laughs> photo shoot. <laughs> <sighs> okay, right. Um, so my, my next question was going to be, what has been your most depressing experience reading these? We may just have hit upon it. Yeah, that was pretty, that one actually, um, after I, <laughs> it was one of those things where I posted and then after I was just like, ugh. <laughs> like yeah. And then you had to wait, wait and see how people's reaction is too. So you're like, are people what also your reactions to that one actually? Do they, do that, they healthily respond with, what the fuck? Yeah, pretty much. People are just like, ugh. There's some that people are like, I'm passing on this one. It's too dark. Or, uh, uh, yeah, that one was just like, it's one of those things also, I have this theory called, um, brain poison, mm-hmm. where you hear something that's brain poison, and it's and also you, like yeah. a brain virus where you're like, I want to share this. I'm a human <laughs> being. I want to share my knowledge with other people. But it's stuff that when I tell her people, they're, they're like, no, no, I don't want to, I didn't want to know, <laughs> I didn't want to know this. Yeah. So it's like about the balancing act of like, I have a lot of terrible knowledge in my mind. Um, do, would you also <laughs> like to hear it? I'll be honest. A good high percentage of your podcasts are actually would fit that bill. Yeah, absolutely. They're <laughs> brain poison. Quite a lot of, you know it, you can't unknow it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially, uh, who, there was a bunch of ones about, um, yeah, like, uh, the, well, the episode. Well, I was going to save that for <laughs> the end because I, think I I kind of want to keep as many people on for as long as I can and only sure. really push them over the edge. All right, all right. Well, you can skip that one if you want. Well, but yeah. Well, we'll just come to the end. No, I actually do want to talk about that just. Um, <laughs> but things like that where people are like, oh, now I can never eat food again you know or now the, the there's a there's an episode that i sort of hinted at earlier about um men who pee in their wives shoes uh or put on their wives or daughters underpants when they're when they're out of the house and you're like what could you possibly get out of that other than that you hate your wife <laughs> you hate her shoes and she buys too many shoes and they take photos of them actually like um, urinating into their shoes. And there'll be like a, a picture of like white pumps just like filled to the brim with urine. And you're just like, one, like you need to drink more water. <laughs> it's too dark. Um, but it's like, uh, two, it's like, so why would you do health. that? Why would you do yeah, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like that urine. You, you really need to be drinking more water. Um, but uh, yeah, just like, you hate your wife <laughs> being in her shoes or they ejaculate in the shoes or the boots or there was one guy who liked to dump ashtrays in his wife's boots like i don't again it's like what okay it's a head scratcher <laughs> yes this is such a crappy protest as well <laughs> exactly yeah 
it'd just be like, why do my boots smell like I mean, that is, that is literally, like, puppies do that. When they aren't happy about something, they'll crap somewhere. Like, if, like even if they are toilet trained, uh, that if if they aren't happy, they will show it in that way. Human beings are able to communicate. We have this vast internet. Oh, it's communicating with his shoe peeing mates, but not with his wife. Yep. Well, it's also like the erotic. Uh, somehow, there. This is erotic to that to the pee, shoe peers. They're not doing it. If you were peeing in your shoes because you really hated your wife, you, it would be on Mr. Nice Guy or Happy Bachelor. <laughs> You're like, I used to piss in my wife's shoes because I hated her. Armchest, but these guys are like, that may relate to some deeply seated parental issues wherein you felt like you couldn't say anything to your parents, but you could commit similar or at least fantasize about committing similar uh, protests. So crazy. But again. <laughs> Moving on, the yeah. religious zealots of the rapture ready for these guys were scary. And again, I'm going to say like at least level three on these guys. Take Me Away writes in a thread entitled Animals and the Rapture. I've been worried lately about my dogs. If we are raptured and I'm not home, we'd all be gone and my dogs would be stuck in their crates at home only to experience a slow death. I've been praying lately that if the rapture happens when my pups are still alive, that Jesus would remember them and take them too. There's nothing in Scripture to say that animals will come with us. I told my husband the other day that if we hear trumpets and we are at home, I'm grabbing the baby and one of the dogs, and he can grab the other one, so hopefully they'll come with us. Anyone ever think of these things? If God's taking you, if this crazy idea of the rapture is actually based in some kind of spiritual science. He's taking your soul. It doesn't matter if your arm is wrapped around a dog. Right. Well, of course, no one knows what's going to happen happen with rapture. We all might act, it might be physical. Of course, taking up and down. Oh, is that right? Oh. I, I didn't. Really, Who well, that's knows? The there's, there's I think a that's, it's a nonsensical concept. It's, so. it's questions based around the rapture. It's like I'm not. They're quite vague about it. I need to know some specifics. What do you guys think? It's like yes, but the whole rapture, actually basing your life around the possibility of the rapture on a daily basis, and uh, any um, uh, health scare uh, being directly related to that is taking faith to the level where it actually negatively affects your life and those of those around you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you're basing your life on this sort of like anxiety producing concept that like at any minute, yeah. at any moment, God could just decide that's it. Pull the plug, experiment over. Everyone, everyone who's good up, everyone else take that's care of these people's leftover to dogs. Live like that. <laughs> no, I know. Absolutely. Like being on constant terror alert. Well, I think these people live in a, Sort of a fear prison of their own making in general. And they do rash- rationalize it to themselves uh, on the uh, forum mentioning, you know, if we're wrong, we got a lot of canned goods around all the time. We've got a well-stocked larder. I think that's a more reasonable rapture person <laughs> who added that. Most of them, I mean, the, the funny thing is also those sites, everyone on those sites is, um, I mean, this and the survivalist sites, the same thing. They are always like the signs, the signs are there. I mean, the end of society, the end of the world is near. I mean, how many that if you if you went back through history and looked at all the times people, somebody, you know, it's almost here. Just get ready. We were almost here. The signs. There's been quite a few false alarms. I think uh, I don't know why people don't see that pattern, but 
That's well, why they have these forums. Folks who are very much into the end times aren't really into history, science, and the study of uh, people. Right. That's very. That's very true. They. It's like, why would I bother learning in history? The end times are nigh. <laughs> Get my sandwich board. Yeah, I, I feel guilty lumping them in with the how to fight demons crowd, but there is also a how to fight demons crowd, and that doesn't mean like blade. Like, um, when an actual demon comes calling, you need to get your silver sword. But uh, demons who take human form, and those who would corrupt us, pretending to be humans, but in fact they're demons. These people are crazy. Uh, and I'll say it, Absolutely. because, um, yeah, again, level level three. Maybe, um, maybe not directly going to harm people, but certainly corrupting all of their children into believing it, that there are demons in human form. Now, you can look at Rush Limbaugh and go, you know, if there was a demon in uh, a human film on this <laughs> earth, it would probably be him. But but there is a line which most sane people won't cross, and, and that generally comes down to actually straight out believing that. And Clyde Menkent S. Solis writes, Ahem. Regarding the queries of Beleza Maria is what my post is all about. We know that God created heaven and earth, and therefore he is the one who can end it. As science and religion have their own conflicts, some scientists, astronomers, prove that there really is a supernatural power governing the world, and everything didn't happen because of accident, therefore making the theories of Big Bang and other related topics false. And back to the ancient time Aristotle, one of the greatest philosophers, stated that there is a prime mover governing the mysteries of nature and the environment. He is not a Christian, but he didn't notice that he talks already about God. And these statements provide support that there is really God. And regarding the evil doings, it is bad we must say the truth, because Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And according to the Bible, the truth shall set us free. And doing evil covers the truth, therefore covering God, and it's bad because we must reveal God and put him him above everything. And if any people in this world seem to put God in vain, it's their concern. The Bible said that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him may not perish but may have an everlasting life. Therefore, if we believe in God and his mysteries, then we will be saved. It's the salvation of our souls. And the people who did not believe in God will found themselves in the myriads of hell. Long live you and God bless. And Matthew replies, Amen to you. She's right, all you folks out there. God is real. Believe. In fact, I was saved when I was 12. God really made me realize that evilness I was doing to myself was destroying my relationship with my family and friends. I came to saving knowledge of Christ, and you can do the same. You will enjoy heaven for eternity when you do. And Marsha Barnes writes, Hello, Beliza Maria. Yes, there are demons. I have worked in the deliverance ministry for over 25 years. It is real and not for everyone. The Lord calls you to this and anoints you for it. You will see Satan talk right out of the person in front of you and you have to be a very strong Christian and know what to do. I have seen people throw up demons in bile. I have seen people cough for 30 minutes expelling them. I have seen a face so contorted that it would scare most people out of the wits. I do not work alone. I have extra people that are very strong in the Lord to work with. It has been very busy lately. The time is short, and Satan has stepped up his activity to display as dark figures in homes and other places, even churches. It's not a ministry for the weak. You can go to the Expelling Demons in the upper bar and see my messages to people. Marsha. And Lorraine writes, I deal with a demon, and he coughs me, etc., and still doesn't leave. And then, and then, a year later, she writes again, What can I do to make the demon leave? But no one replied. 
I, the, the people, the rapturity people and the demon people are, I think they're pretty closely related. Although, uh, they, the demon people are, they usually are just crazy. And a lot of times you just wonder like, if they're not just lying, <laughs> they're obviously nuts, but <clears throat> the people who are like, you know, my friend has a demon or my boyfriend was possessed by a demon and I need to get rid of the spirit. And I'll, and the people who are really crazy are the ones who are like, I am a demon fighter. <laughs> like, I will come and do this exorcism for you. I know what to do. <laughs> like, I, I have a hard time telling if those people are scam artists or if they really believe, like, let me come over. Either way, you don't want them in your house. No, absolutely not. Then again, if, if you I, believe uh, that there are actual demons in human form knocking about the place. Yeah, the, but that they, I lump those people in up? with the, I guess, demon, the demon possession people and the people who believe in Wicca, like the magic. Oh, I, I, you, by the way, I don't want to in any way suggest that anybody who believes in demons, ghosts, or uh, Wiccans, or are practicing pagans, or, or uh, I, I know a, a bunch of them, and I'm not, I'm not going to suggest that <laughs> every single one of them is crazy, but sure. the ones that I know know where to draw the line. Well, I mean, there was... Okay, so, well, I mean, I don't mean to, you know, impugn Wicca, uh, but there was a, there, I read from a place, it was all about voodoo, or not voodoo, hoodoo. Uh, I don't know, I can't say offhand the difference. Either hoodoo was, or possibly voodoo. Yes, it was, uh, about, um, there, it was all about, like, you know, spells you can cast on people to make them fall in love with you. Um, and I was, uh, there was a whole thing about, like, feeding people menstrual blood to control them. And that uh, would be the line. <laughs> or freezing their underpants to make them lose their uh, the lose their libido. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like things like that, where I'm just like, that makes no sense. Also, it, <laughs> it, makes it comes no down to sense. controlling people, and this there's a, a quite a good um, uh, pagan phrasing or, or something along those lines, which I, applies quite well to the level one, which is anit harm none, do what thou wilt. In other words, as long as it's not harming anyone. Go for it. Do whatever you want. Try right. to control people, especially by freezing their underpants. Um, seems like it's harming people. Or, yeah. or certainly it's harming you because... I think you're losing refrigerator space, but the the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the feeding the menstrual blood, I was just like, I can't believe that. And people were like, this works because I was able to cast a love me not spell and also feed them my menstrual blood and he came back to me and I, I have domain over him now and it's like, I don't... Okay, if you say so, that seems bananas to me. Mm. Again, that's uh, that that is at least psychologically speaking, she believes she controls him. That's harming someone. Yes, I'd say the people who were like on the witch forum, who were more like you know, I put out a dragon house and I ha- I have summoned a dragon to it, and it, uh, well, I, I can't have, take I, photos of it. <laughs> I can't. Nope. There's no. It's just visiting me, and I left. It lives in the house. I also have, and then. The, <laughs> This sounds like playground lies. It does. Oh, yeah, I've got the new Turtles movie. They've only made the first one, but I've got the second one already. Yes, exactly. It's A lot of it does seem sort of like we're all in this delusional fantasy together. Let's all keep playing along. And if, you know, especially ones who are like, that witch forum also had people who were like, I have invited a succubus into my life and whatever. And it's like, all right, if that's what you need to... Enjoy yourself in the evening. <laughs> Go for it. I'm assuming he wasn't just talking metaphorically because I think we've all been there metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think he meant literally inviting a uh, mm. other dimensional being to pleasure him in the evenings, not just 
an unkind. Bar, yeah, a lot of these people rant. have one thing in common, which is that uh, a misunderstanding of what metaphor actually is and what symbolism is supposed to be as well. Yes. So on to adult babies. Sure. <laughs> on that bombshell. There's not really much to say about it. The, 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 I think the thing that really creeped me out about these guys were the ones who actually speak in the Goo Goo Gaga talk while mm. posting. that. Uh, the way you... I'll play that clip. <laughs> it cracked me up. I mean, that was a while ago for you, but... Um, yeah. My lord. And in yet another subforum of the Our Lifestyle discussion, entitled Baby Talk Subforum, Curiosity Killed the Cat replies in a thread he or she started entitled, I had an official AB moment yesterday. As the title indicates, as the title indicates, I finally had an official AB moment last night. It seems that I finally got myself fired yesterday, and for time's sake, I'll just say that my employer knew I was too smart and hated what I did, so they manipulated things around me for the last six months or so and finally unleashed their plan. I was extremely pissed off and stressed as I left work, and really at that moment just wanted to slip into AB mode. I didn't even know I had an AB mode. I got home and of course was greeted with cussing, berating, and so forth. Hooray for my parents. I just wanted to slip away to a simpler time. I just wanted some comfort, and of course that didn't happen. I'm not one to run from reality. However, damn, did I ever want to escape last night. I also pretty much proved why I have a slight AB side last night as well. I definitely can say it is related to my childhood and upbringing. There was no nurturing or understanding from either one growing up. Hell, there's little to no support now. He's a douchebag, and she's too busy being insane herself. For any of you who have someone to care for, or someone who cares for you, be grateful and show each other your appreciation every day. I'm totally not into being an adult today. However, unemployment has to be filed, and job searches have to be done. Heck, it's almost noon, and I haven't even eaten breakfast yet. Take care, everyone, and hey, guess I'm coming to the dark side. The force is strong with this one? Loopy replies, As long as you keep facing up to reality instead of just hitting the baby bottle all the time, then it's a great coping method. Just don't become addicted. And remember, there's an adult part to being an AB. More Diapers writes in a thread he entitled, Me want a diapoo friend. It's so hard to find another diapoo friend who is willing to drive to see you. I can drive to see you too. But would any of you be in my crib with me? We play go to park and just smile. Where my baby clothes are all broken. So me need friend to talk to. We talk and have fun. Hear from you guys later. Smiles. That is disturbing. <laughs> I think I think you mentioned earlier that I tried to maintain sort of neutrality mm. um you know in the blog posts maybe i am a little mean, meaner than in the actual episodes i really try to not put my opinions in too much um but the the adult baby thing uh is just <laughs> as role play i guess it's fine but you know when they're actually like soiling themselves <laughs> and having their you know they in this relationship and sharing the fact that they like have untrained themselves and think I now I freely go to the bathroom whenever I go to sleep I'm so happy like I think that is a psychological condition that may need professional help. Um, we do but, sound super judgmental, both of us. I know. It's, I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to say that I'm celebrating that adult babies exist. I do see where they're coming <laughs> from. Um, okay. But but yeah, you're absolutely right. Psychological help. I think psychological help is. And I can attest to this, having had some myself, uh, is very, 
very positive if you get the right kind and if you uh, really commit to it. And I heartily recommend it for everyone who wants to actively soil themselves. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I have a hard time. Some some of the topics, it's hard not to be like, come on. (laughs) This is a little silly. I mean, I'm all for the role playing. Uh, Occasionally, something gets to me where I'm just like, no, this is mildly broken um, behavior. You should seek help. Or in the case of Dark Fetish, totally broken. Please get yeah, off my you, planet. You, you yeah, scare you me, sir. Check yourself in. But they, um, yeah, I, the, I, you know, there are very few things where I'm really like, <laughs> I frown upon actively. When <laughs> I see the that photos. you know that Goo Goo adult baby guy is like a bank manager or something and sits Absolutely. behind a desk looking totally, uh, you know, gray and dull the whole day through and then comes only, up, whacks on the bonnet and the like diaper. Real power seek that sort of yeah. regression because, you know, they need someone to be in control when they, they don't want to be responsible for their own messes. So. See, I'm fine with subdom. I completely understand the, the idea of, um, uh, you know, needing somebody to, to dominate or to be dominated by, as long as it's sort of an agreement and the whole thing, as long as it's relatively healthy, like not too much ingestion of bodily waste. Um, <laughs> unlike some of the folks on here, Jesus H candlesticks. But yeah, the, the, the thing that really bothered me about the dark fetish, but when I read dark fetish, and I was like, Ooh, we're going to get some serious subdom here. It, it wasn't about, you know, th- this person has agreed. It was basically about torturing somebody who didn't want to be in, in, in any way involved in it. Right. It was a predator prey yeah. uh, thing instead of a, As a kind of roles thing. thing, which I cannot get behind and I cannot understand. And I cannot, conceive of uh, a person being classified as healthy if they straight out are excited by that mentality. At the same time, you haven't read much from the gamer community. The Pokemon folks got to uh, look in. I think you. someone mentioned um, that you... Uh, uh, I think, no, you mentioned you've been told to go to the League of Legends forum, but it was basically just, you suck for not liking this. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's the biggest problem for me is a lot of those sites, <clears throat> they're really scattered. Yeah. And so instead of having like a real discussion, which is where my podcast really thrives, is when people are having an open discussion about a topic. Specifically um, a legible discussion as well. Yeah, something on like everyone stays on point and you may mm. – people may stray here and there. But as long as they're all still still discussing marital rape or whatever it is at the end of the day where they all have strong opinions and they're like invested in it and not just – uh, you know, one line of like, <clears throat> they already did that or well, snapping at each other. Yeah. League of legends forums are just like, riot, please make this better. They already did it better. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Whatever. It's like never, <laughs> I still want you to do one of those episodes just to show the contrast, <clears throat> the, the naked aggression of gamers. I've, I've been watching a lot of, uh, I, I don't know if have you ever seen a show called feedbackula from GameSpot. No, no. It's um. It basically, they just they uh, read out their uh, uh, the comments that have been on the uh, the Gamespot forums about every whatever has got their backs up this week, and they're almost always either filled with hate and and, and righteous indignation and um, narcissistic self focus way beyond crazy or ridiculously snooty. And, uh, you know, it's just this litany of bad spelling and shouting 
again, I, I recommend the GameSpot forums for you to go in and check just just to see, um, just to be able to for, for your calm, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> measured voice reading out that rubbish. But the hatred and the violence and the the, the threats of rape that uh, gamers, just people who like video games, can generate amongst each other. Well, they're um, an angry bunch, that's yeah, for sure. It kind of almost puts the the dark fetish folks to shame, because at least the dark fetish folks are precise about what they want. There's just such... Um, and in theory, the dark fetish folks are adults. Yeah. And gamers are, they you know... Children I mean, threatening rape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um... That can be disturbing. I, you know, another place people always suggest is, is um, 4chan. Yeah. But, I mean, the problem with 4chan is that it, it is really like reading your own thoughts. They're just like flying constantly. They're really hard to follow. They don't make any sense. It's just like, and they're all one-liners and they're always like, you're this in a click to a graphic of an insulting graphic. You're like, no, haha, no, this one, no, that it, it makes, it's super hard. It's hard it doesn't to believe work in audio format. I imagine. Either. No, it's hard to believe that like something like anonymous came out of that because it's so disjointed. And also the f- threads disappear at, you know, on a regular basis. So it's yeah. like, Oh, it's gone. But, uh, yeah, I've been meaning, I've been wanting to do with that, but it's hard to, um, it is hard again to find sort of that, um, cohesive and coherent thought thread on those forums where you really want to read more than a few lines of it where you're like, this is going nowhere. <laughs> These guys are being It takes a certain silly. kind of focus, uh, which actually brings us on to the only game site that you've really uh, talked about. Um, it's a Pokemon site, but it's, uh, it's hungry Pokemon. The, uh, the folks who, from the sounds of it, they want to be eaten by or to eat Pokemon. Yeah, there was a, um, they changed sites. There was Hungry Pokemon, I believe, something and they changed it, to something yes. else. But they, um, yeah, they wanted to be, uh, well, they they wanted to, yes, be eaten or mostly be eaten by, but also have sex with. Yeah. Um, they call it yiffing Pokemon. in the furry community when yes, you're... Uh, that is just, the sex thing, yeah. Yeah. The sound that a fox makes, apparently. <laughs> Uh, again, um, I, I can, I'm fairly certain there are some people listening from my community who are actually in some way connected with the furry community. So, again, I don't want to insult the furries. There sure. are, again, levels of – there's gradations where basically one, there are certain lines which once you go over them, you might be clinically insane. What's your favorite Pokemon fantasy? It's Pokemon is spelled P-K-M-N. And it goes like this. What's your favorite Pokemon fantasy? Be as R-rated as you want. Anything goes. Mine is being dominated by a mixed herd of Nido Queens and Kangakons and other large femmes. I am captured and used as the herd's personal whore and stress reliever. Pleased eyebrows emoticon. And Poners writes, Pokemon fantasy, eh? Definitely running into Me Too in a cave, letting him have his way, using his psychic powers in creative, changing ways. Pleased eyebrows emoticon. And Charum writes, hmm, me, any other scaly Pokemon, and me, and me up their rump, or them up mine. And Fatal Tragedy 2004 writes, XD, most of my fantasies now are of me humping Lucario before making dinner out of him, XD. And Luke Rio writes, making out with Lucario and getting fucked by a Charizard, also yiffing a nice Houndoom. And Guest writes, Okies, um... Getting fucked by my Pokemon team in Diamond, Infernape, Rampardos, 
Dialga, Rayquaz, Giratina, and Luxray. All are male, obviously. XD. Getting gangbanged by Volknor, Tower Raccoon, Tyson, brackets, rival, Galactic Commander Saturn, red and gold. Drools. Bugged out eyes emoticon. Ragnarak writes, Um, ATM, taking a good hold of a female Rayquaz and or my Nido Queen and doing naughty stuff. And more on the gay side, I'd love to get dommed by a Blastoise or Nido King. Maybe. And that's only for a starter. And Lightning replies, Fantasies? Hmm. Well, a lot of mine lately involved Typhlosions, boy or girl, and me paying a lot of attention to their butt. Or making out with them. Then getting devoured orally or anally. X3, which is another way of making a very pleased with yourself emoticon. But heh, it changes a bit oftentimes. So I have a lot of fantasies. And Sai Cheetah writes, To be honest, I've never really had an adult fantasy of Pokemon. Not to say that I wouldn't try stuff, but really the only thing I would want is for Pokemon to be in our world. And Aquangator writes, Being dommed by a Charizard and a Machoke. One pounding me, the other one having me suck him. <laughs> With each session, they switch places. And Gars writes, Lots more Pokemon combinations than I can count. To swiftly name a couple weirder ones, Grumpig telekinetically pinning Machoke, jerking him off, then swallowing him. A second would be Muck engulfing a Machoke, arousing him to the point where he can't react, then painlessly, in fact, with incredible arousal, melting the Machoke into a Play-Doh-like clay brick to be sold to the highest bidder who wants a Machoke poke block. Then a lot more, quote-unquote, normal vor situations. Sometimes with the pred smaller than the prey, usually machoke as they prey, although he's occasionally pred as well. And Chu writes, Any large male Pokemon willing to pound a little Pikachu? Yeah, I like him big. Or also to have a Raichu or another Pikachu and have hot, mousy sex. Perhaps the darkest one of all would be to be tied up somewhere, whether in a wheelchair or on a bed, and repeatedly used to have them come all over me, whether in my maw, up my ass, or just over my body to coat me. And Mage Torment writes, Oh, I've got a ton of fantasies that are Pokemon-related. Gotta fuck them all. Sorry, had to be said. I'm not sure about the vor fetish side of it. it. It it seems relatively harmless. Ultimately, you want to be eaten, and I'm not sure what the psychological ramifications of that are. It is. It, I would say, like for there was another one I did from a dragon form where it was all, that one. Yeah, bad. No, no, not bad dragon. Oh, bad okay. dragon is about um, dragon dildos. Dragon dildos uh, or fantasy creature phalluses and what and vaginas as well. And penises um, want to eat people. Yes, that was the um that was from a different form called the dragon form. Maybe I have to look back, but they were like uh those people <laughs> I don't mean to sound judgmental, but um that was all about like not, not just about being not just about being eaten by dragons or pokemon or whatever, but that was also like uh non-digestive tract being eaten by being eaten by asses being eaten by penises being having breast milk squirted on you and being dissolved and then being reabsorbed into the breasts um uh, and very specific uh, fantasies as well right? yeah I mean, this would be kick-ass if this happened and then this wild confluence of events yeah I, there was one about a person being eaten by a lion's penis and then being turned into sperm and then being head and then having That's sex it, with a yeah. lion and then having being reborn as a lion cub. And it was yeah. like people were like, What a great fantasy. Like, oh okay. <laughs> and the funny thing about this universally it seems it's not about being eaten per se, 
because they don't want to be chewed. They all want to be swallowed whole and to be feel enveloped by the the esophagus and then to be warm and it's not about the pain the, it's about yeah you're right being drawn into something larger and more uh possibly then, more more valid than they feel they might and be becoming yeah. part of it yeah like yeah. oh but they're never like and then i'm you know torn apart by the teeth and somehow still conscious as i am torn you know broken into my component parts by the gi tract and then pooped yeah and then oh what a fan of, what a wonderful poop i would be See, okay, right, here's the line. The ability to write something like that, and then after you finish writing, go, what the fuck did I just write? And even, I don't know, not, not, just, just indicate at some point along that, that tract, so to speak, that mm-hmm. you realize how crazy it sounds. But no, there's I a level of seriousness involved with it, which is uh, quite disconcerting. Well, I just, I just, I always imagine these people, they write these things and they just put their, Feather back in the inkwell with just a super self-satisfied look on my face. Like, yep, another fantastic idea committed to the internet. This is amazing. Now I must get uh, back to my why I love salad journal. Yes, there is one of those, isn't there? <laughs> yes, you mentioned yeah. a hotel episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Again, it's like it's it's it's, it's a sort of a loose study of uh, of, of human the, the quirky side of humanity. I mean, what what was the most uplifting uh, episode that you remember doing? Oh, jeez. <laughs> have a I think. Don't know. Have a very. I'd have to think about that. Because um, I st- I've I've been focusing mainly on the ones with titles where you go, whoa, that's going to be horrible or weird. Um, and so I've obviously been bypassing ones which might have been quite uplifting. You know, I don't. Oh gosh, that's a that's a hard thing to say. I mean, the things the things I really enjoy are just when people share their own funny stories from their own lives. They aren't necessarily about what a, like you know their weird kinks. I my personal thing that makes me satisfied is when I read people's stories of their terrible Christmases because it's a yeah. universally shared thing or um, bad hookups. Uh, you know, bad uh, sexual encounters where people are just like, this was terrible and it was embarrassing. The um, sucky the, customers one really appealed to me, having worked in retail for many, many years. Yeah, yeah, sucky customers. There's the the sucky waitresses, although that one had sort of a one-note racist yeah. vibe to it. <laughs> but my wife worked in uh, at a restaurant uh, in college, and it was shockingly very much like her experience in college, so... I was like, oh, well, this is relatable. But yeah, stuff where just people really um, are just talking about their own lives in a, in a non-fetish specific way. I always really enjoy. And the you know, also ho- those like hotel worker stories where people are sharing their, yeah. their, uh, their experiences in a job. Cause I always find that kind of stuff fascinating because, you know, so many jobs are hidden behind a veil of, you know, what, hap- what happens in the boring time behind when you don't encounter, you know, when you're not, uh, glad-handing the receptionist at the hotel. Well, in those ones, you basically get to get a third party. You're reading it, but it's from the point of view of someone who was actually there, and they're observing the weirdness and then recounting it as though to another human being. On the on many of the other ones we've been talking about, you got the direct line to the weirdness. Yes. So there's no filter. It's all just crazy thrown at you. You're like, hang on, I'm supposed to be the filter here. What the hell? I can't really focus on it, but... If you get the the right delivery of another person who was actually there after they walk into the room and they've slaughtered a goat, 
then it's it kind of puts it more again in perspective that that uh, yeah yeah definitely I'm going to track down any other episodes you've done which are uh, like that because um, now that you mention it they they are more uh, there's more humanity to them almost yeah there's uh, tales of being creepy from Reddit and a lot of stuff from Reddit Reddit is really a yeah a great resource I try not to go back to it too often but um, I mean it's it can also be very like weirdly judgmental and too many people trying to be funny um, in the threads. So you have to sort of really, there'll be like 500 replies to one person's comment. And it'll, half of the things will be a running Reddit joke that I'm not in on. So I'll be like, Bleh. I don't <laughs> move on to that. Uh, yeah, those are, that was a good one. The hotels one is good. And the um, anonymous confessions, those are always good from group hug.us. That one has some real bummers in it. <laughs> I caught another one about the, the worst Christmas presents ever. Yeah, that, that was relatable. Yeah, I always there's always one of those threads on something awful that I every Christmas I always love reading them because they're just so <laughs> you can be sort of like, oh no. Oh, and things you did when you were a kid that you are now ashamed of. I, that made me think I should probably put that in the uh, that thread in, in our forums because um, again it it humanizes the the people because you're like wow all of that this thing it's 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 kind of like sharing the pieces of our lives that we really wish weren't there but because we're acknowledging them they become no longer our filthy little secret right and they're in a nice they are now. a nice group environment where everyone is also sharing yeah. horrible things and sometimes people will be like wow that was fucked up <laughs> <laughs> it levels but, you know, the playing field though mostly through the distance of time you know, it should it shouldn't matter as much as it as it does, but it still does. All those childhood ridiculousnesses. Um, but yeah, those are the, probably the most uh, the ones I enjoy doing the most. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking back at all the episodes here on iTunes. So many horrible things. And then I'll, I mean, I also really like reading the drug reports. Just because I was just I, what I was saying. Yeah. Those are for me. Um, again, very relatable. Uh, I think, I think in one them I was like, when you read trip reports, there's there's people who wish they you know shake their heads, and then other people who are like, ah, oh, I wish I had done that drug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, even people who don't do drugs anymore like to listen to those, or if they've never done them, just because they're interesting. Um, and it's nice to hear the uh, the practicalities of uh, methamphetamine addicts, where oh. some of them are, they were. Pr- Remarkable. I mean, the sexual side of things was fucking disgusting. <laughs> yeah, the crystal meth sex one was really like, whoa. But the actual, just the practical, the the one about um, basically, you're just you're a noob getting into heroin. Here is what you don't do: don't trust any other new user. They will fuck you every step of the way. They will steal from you. No one will ever. ever don't ever try to make them feel guilty. There's no point. Yeah, no, that, that was, I was really, that's a great forum. The drugs forum is a yeah. great forum <laughs> for drug users. That, I would just, the next episode that I'm doing is, is basically hits all three of my favorite drug websites, which is Arrowid, um, the blue light.ru and the drugs forum. They're just amazingly good communities of drug users who love to share their experiences. It's pretty amazing that, uh, I mean, I'm not, a heavy drug user, but uh, I just find I find the depth of knowledge. Like if you get into heroin, you mean swim is not a heavy yes, drug. Yeah, user. exactly. <laughs> a friend of a friend is not a heavy drug user. Oh God, that 
That one guy just kept using AFOF as an acronym for himself. And the last post we'll read in this thread is from Kind Banana, who writes, Hi, all. A-F-O-A-F, which stands for a friend of a friend's. That's the worst. A-F-O-A-F's daughter will never see him smoke. If A-F-O-A-F wants a binge, his wife and daughter go away from him for three days. Because A-F-O-A-F loves them a lot, this makes him limit his binges. That is okay for him. Maybe even good for him. Definitely good for his family. It is only a FOAF's opinion, but in life, shit happens. And it happens to everybody. The hardest thing in life is turning a negative into a positive. Sometimes a FOAF can, and sometimes a FOAF cannot. But a FOAF always tries. A FOAF will never introduce anything to anybody. A FOAF is addicted to being kind to folks. A FOAF always uses in weekends at home, locked in his private room. A FOAF knows in his heart that one day he has to leave his family and live on his own. And a FOAF will when a FOAF's daughter is older. Because a FOAF loves her and he has to do that. A FOAF has friends that suffered terrible trauma, mental and physical, including addiction, etc. Now a FOAF friend has stopped and become the best counselor you could ever meet. In my eyes, a FOAF friend is a man amongst men. Maybe the guy who started the post could become a wonderful drug counselor. A FOAF, not preaching to anyone, just a FOAF's idea, okay? If a FOAF could reach through the computer screen, I would give that guy a serious hug. I would. A FOAF is not qualified to give advice to anybody about anything, but a FOAF could give you my love and understanding in an awesome hug that would make your ears go red. Respect, a FOAF. Yeah, swim, uh, swee. And then a lot of, they've actually folks at home, someone who isn't me and Swee is someone who isn't you because people will give advice to another person. The idea being that if I, if I don't say this was me on the forum, it's not admissible in court. What a brilliant legal loophole. It's an absurdity. (laughs) They've actually, they've actually, uh, like you say, you can't charge a husband and wife for the same crime. They've actually like done away with that. They discourage people from doing it, but people still do it. And they also do stuff with, like they say, um, my pet monkey says that this drug is great. My it's, dog it's all, is 15 yeah. years old and in high school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and is thinking of trying heroin just wants once. To, wants to uh, sniff or inhale some keyboard cleaner. Yeah. Oh, Christ. The guys who were into sn- snuff, sniffing... Um, uh, what is it? The the the, the canned air to blow yeah, stuff. That the keyboard cleaner. That's like yeah. the um, uh, it's not as it's like nitrous. Mm. If you've ever inhaled nitrous, um, not, in a no. party atmosphere, it's fun but dumb. Uh, but uh, it lasts about the same amount of time, which is about five seconds, ten seconds, and is highly addictive. So you just stick. Freon can in your mouth or a keyboard cleaner can in your mouth and just inhale over and over again. We don't it, recommend this, folks. No, do not. There's a great episode. I don't know if you've ever seen the the uh, show here, uh, Intervention. Uh, no. It is great. But there's an episode about a girl who's addicted to – she buys like pallets of keyboard cleaner and just sits in her car and goes like <gasps> – over and over again. It's – it's, I mean it's, it's, it's uh, misery porn. But it's, uh, it's, I think uh, I've seen the South Park episode parodying it, but that's all. Most likely, most likely. Um, so yeah, the the thing about the, the the drug addiction sites is that it's a nice breath of um, 
keyboard cleaner, uh, yeah. for, uh, as opposed to just being told drugs are bad, kids never try drugs, never, 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 and the other end being just watching Breaking Bad or train spotting. It's it's kind of like reducing it to as methodical as possible. This is what will most likely happen. Uh, to you and uh, the the whole idea of slowly moving the line back whatever your line is i'll take it once i'll take it recreationally i'll take it once a week i'll take it once a month and then it just becomes you know takes over their life the idea of you must be realistic about what's likely to happen rather than kidding yourself for the first month because then your entire life would spiral out from under you just being aware what's going in and a lot of people um tend to want to try uh, just in the interest of knowing what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's really amazing. The, um, well, the wealth of knowledge that's mm-hmm. out there, especially the <clears throat> sites like Arrowhead and those places where it's just like, you know, there's no hard line in the sand, uh, or no, you know, that drugs are this or drugs are that it's a gray area for everybody who draws them. Some people can do them and not have problems with them. Some people have problems with them. And just the fact that there's these, amazing anecdotal resources of just people sharing their stories uh, or experiences are, I find really helpful. Um, and also their experiences tend to be very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's hard to apply a number on this scale to them because I would imagine uh, in, in some cases they're uh, making uh, drugs sound very appealing. And so people's lives have been ruined as a result on, in other cases, some people have ended up doing smart things where they would otherwise have done dumb things. So they may have saved lives. So I think it sort of right. evens out into a sort of a one. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's a wash because you have the people who might never, never have heard of the drug and not done it. Um, but then, you know, then you have people who were going to take a drug and mix it with something else. And people are like, do not do that. You will yeah. kill yourself. And they're like, oh, well, good thing I didn't do that. Cause I, and you suddenly know. you just witnessed a life being saved. Yeah. There was actually a, um, a, a guy on something awful, uh, actually died recently, mm-hmm. um, because he was taking some research chemicals that made him pass out in his car. And he, uh, got sunstroke. And it's like a huge, like, uh, you know, downer, but everyone was like, this is a warning. It's yeah. a wake up call. Everyone knows now. <laughs> Don't do that stuff. So, I mean, I think that very few, you know, you read the drug trip reports on the, these sites. Some of them, I tend to read the train wreck stories because they tend to be more interesting than the, euf- the euphoric, wonderful stories because yeah. they, those tend to go on. <laughs> Because it's also about brevity. I can't read things that are like super long. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think people having interesting or hard times on drugs tends to be more interesting than the super life, positively life altering stories. Although I could possibly read those, but those, like I said, those tend to be like, and then everything was great. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> It is kind of like just reading a uh, a very very quick book about someone's life going completely down the toilet. Oh, absolutely. There's and there's drugs that um what's it called? It's like Angel's Trumpet is one of the things. It's like uh it's like a seed from a plant you eat it. I can't remember. I can't believe I don't remember the name of it. But it's one of those drugs that there's not one positive story about it. And people, yeah, people doing still it. take it. It's unbelievable. Oh, Datura. That's what it's called. Spell it. D-A-T-U-R-A, I believe. Oh, I think 
um, the tourist seeds and yeah, you just like sure. eat the seeds and people are like, you just basically have a two or three day long delirium where you smoke imaginary cigarettes and have t- conversation with people who aren't there and you see <laughs> nightmarish visions. <laughs> <laughs> and yet people are still like, Oh, I can't get any LSD in my town. I see that there are these, cause Angel's trumpet or devil's just whatever. Grows it, wild. it grows in people's gardens. And so oh, kids are like, well, like my parents hid the Scotch guard and I'm going to, uh, you know, I can't huff any gasoline oh. or whatever. Oh, just gotta get high. Kids. Yeah. Kids want to get high. <clears throat> <laughs> I doubt there's this. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy world and people do want to alter their consciousness and. You know, I think it would all be personally. I think it would all be better off if things were a little more open about it. But and America's pretty puritanical about drugs, so yeah, it is easier to relate to people who go on um, crazy drug benders than say animal lovers, zoophiles. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> I listened to um, uh, was it fourteen arguments against bestiality and why they are wrong today. Yeah, that is that is a good one. 5. Having sex with animals is bad because it's against the law. Why this argument fails. Just because there is a law against something doesn't determine whether it's objectively ethical. For example, in some Middle Eastern countries, homosexual sex is against the law, and it is punishable with the death penalty. Does this mean that being gay is wrong? No, of course not. Similarly, there were laws until the 1960s which enforced racial segregation in the U.S. South. Was racial segregation good? Of course not. The legal system of our society is a constantly evolving entity, and to assume that something is bad just because it is currently against the law is just plain ignorant. Just as there are people who now want anti-zoosexual laws to be repealed, there were people in the 1940s who wanted racial segregation laws to be repealed. Ultimately, laws which prohibit consensual, non-abusive zoosexual activity are discriminatory and infringe on people's rights. Right now, zoosexual activity is legal, brackets de facto in 13 U.S. states, two U.S. territories, and D.C. There are some countries where it is legal, and many countries where it is quote-unquote de facto legal. These countries where zoosexual acts are legal include Belgium, Finland, Denmark, (laughs) Japan, and Mexico. When zoosexual activity is criminalized, it gives anti-zoosexual people an excuse to claim it's quote-unquote immoral, brackets for example, people will say quote-unquote, it is immoral because it is illegal. This twisted logic enables them to criticize bestiality simply because of the fact that it is illegal, brackets, and not for any justifiable reason. Also, keep in mind that laws against zoosexuality are in part driven by delusional religious, quote-unquote, morality. In this sense, laws against bestiality are not only unethical and discriminatory, but also force everyone to obey hidden religious values. Argument 6. Having sex with animals is immoral. Why this argument fails. This argument is not a valid argument because it is only what the majority thinks. For example, the majority of people in the U.S. South in the early 1800s thought slavery was morally okay. Was it? Of course not. Not only is morality a societal construct, it is completely relative. What is quote-unquote immoral today might not be immoral 10 years from now. Saying something is quote-unquote immoral is also a bad argument because morality is relative. The term for this is moral relativism. The relative term is cultural relativism. In a nutshell, these terms refer to the fact that what one society thinks is quote-unquote immoral may be completely moral and acceptable to a different society. For example, historically, the Maasai people of Africa and some Native Americans 
American groups, brackets such as the Hopi Indians and the, and the Copper Inuit, were accepting and tolerant of human-animal sexual activity. They did not have a negative attitude towards it because their societies had not yet been contaminated with the delusional, hateful, religiously driven, quote-unquote, moral beliefs of Europeans, brackets, i.e. Puritans. The fact that there were, brackets, and are societies that accept zoosexual activity is proof that morality is relative. Interspecies zoosexual activity is not objectively, quote-unquote, immoral. Depending on who one talks to, the response will be negative or positive. Unfortunately, the, quote-unquote, negative culture, brackets, i.e. the culture which is hostile towards zoosexuality, is the dominant culture right now. But that does not make it a correct culture. Also, many zoosexual people will argue that when they have sex with an animal, it is not quote-unquote immoral action because it is non-abusive, does not inflict pain or suffering on the animal, and because of other factors, brackets, i.e. the animal is willing to have sex, the animal enjoys the sex with the human, the animal initiated the sex, etc., in terms of ethics, having sex with an animal can be seen as morally acceptable according to specific ethical viewpoints. Brackets, for example, the utilitarian viewpoint or the harm principle viewpoint. From these viewpoints, it can be argued that some kinds of zoosexual activity, brackets, i.e. those which involve zoosadism, are immoral slash cruel, and other kinds of zoosexual activity are not immoral. People often fallaciously and erroneously lump the bad kinds of zoosex into the same category as the good kind. Typically, when someone Someone says zoosexuality is quote-unquote immoral, they're not really thinking hard about the issue. They're simply thinking with their quote-unquote gut and using emotional, hateful, knee-jerk beliefs and their own irrational aversion to it. They're also probably conforming to what the dominant culture thinks, brackets in other words, they aren't thinking for themselves. They are letting the culture do their thinking for them. Brainwashing. <sighs> it was quite... um it was difficult to listen to because the guy, you know, or I assume it's a guy, uh, uh, very erudite, you know, uh, sentence structure and everything, and um, seemed to have most of the arguments worked out, but was very, very dismissive of the slightly more um, uh, impactful reasons, and, and ultimately seemed to not really consider the fact that it doesn't matter that you have all these arguments. Everyone's still going to know you fuck sheep. Right. You're asking everyone to sort of be okay with it. And after everything's considered, such as, you know, what the sheep feels about it, the side of it that's basically <laughs> just exploitation. Right. Um, it's, just like, you've still I like got the fact- seven billion people to convince <laughs> yeah. that this is okay. Now, it, the world is in flux and the whole thing about, you know, well, a hundred years ago, people thought homosexuality was a disease and that it was totally shunned and it was insane and you were insane and you, you were a social pariah. And well, that, that was the slippery slope, right? That the, 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 uh, right wing was against yeah. homosexuality because why, why, what stop you from marrying your dog? Because those two things are the same. Or sex with ducks. <laughs> uh, the world is in flux, and maybe in a hundred years' time, people will accept sheep fuckers. And, and just, it will be a, a regular sexual pursuit, and this guy will be seen as a pioneer. But You and right I will now, be fine. <laughs> but right now, seven odd billion people in the world, when told, I'd like to fuck dogs, go, ugh. And that's not going to change, no matter how good your argument yes. is. Absolutely. But again, he made some valid points. He didn't make any valid points. I think they're all, I love, the, I love when he's just like, actually dogs have been shown to like it or whatever. It was sort of these, uh, weird, his, some of those points are very strange. Yeah, the whole, um, no, we don't fuck just any old household pets. 
just pets that we're in relationships with. Again, yes. reminded me of the South Park episode about Peter. They, um, what was the, uh, oh, I was going to say, have you ever seen the movie Zoo? I have not seen the movie Zoo. Are you aware of it? I, um, I, what is Zoo? It's a documentary about a, um, a guy in Seattle who had traveled to Seattle to see his family, but it was also part of this, uh, farm that these guys had set up where you would go and internationally people would come there to have sex with animals because Washington state did not actually have a, what about these relationships that they prize? Well, they, they like would, this is just some animal whorehouse. I thought that they were so altruistic in there. But they, this guy actually, I believe had his own horse there that he would go and a horse leave. house. He would have sex with his horse. Yes. His horse, his horse house. <laughs> and it's a documentary because he was killed by the sex, the, the, the people who work there. Tell me the horse sat on him. No, no, no. I wish that was the case. <laughs> There's a, uh, did the, the horse basically just kick him off and say, nope. really? No, cheers. No, no. It was, uh, yeah. I'll let you watch it. It's, uh, or not. It's, oh, no, no, uh, no, no. Tell me now. I need, no. we need to know how this guy died. Oh, all right. So the, he was in town to sort of try to reconcile things with his family. And then he got a call from the, farm if i believe if i'm remembering correctly and the guy said i have this new way i think to hook up the horse i think it's really going to be get like the horse in deeper because he is being pleasured by the horse being penetrated oh and uh the horse um has mixed feelings about this the horse i don't know (laughs) it's hard to say uh but i think for the horse it was just a job but the uh the horse he's actually penetrated and had his intestines perforated by the horse's penis and he died of like sepsis. Um, and so this guy's death led to the ex, the exposure of the farm and they, these guys had filmed everything. And so they had all this stuff on DVD and they had fool Like, I don't even understand why, but instead of destroying the DVDs, they threw them, like they tried to hide them or bury them somewhere. And like the FBI found them and they showed, there's a scene in the film where, they sh- don't show the f- footage, but they show some people looking at it and audio from it. <laughs> so like YouTube reactions. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, yeah, exactly. YouTube reaction of this guy one having guy, sex with the horse. horse. And it's just basically like the sound of this guy being like, oh, oh, like, you know, being filled with horse meat. And, uh, it is, it is quite when you, <laughs> when you're watching the video, it's just sort of like, I mean, I couldn't help but laugh. But the sound is so terrible. You're just like, oh my god, what is happening? And the pe- uh, the faces of the people are like that, like two girls, one cup, uh, like jaw dropped, like oh, hands to mouth. <gasps> yeah. Oh, just, that's not right. And again. I fuck dogs. <laughs> yeah. The the brain poison again. Yes. Okay, so that's Zoo, folks. If you want to check that one out, and uh, the, uh, the yeah, documentary, the- I think it was. It actually. It's all done in in vignettes. There's no actual. It's just all discussion of the case with like the people who were involved. But uh, it's yeah in silhouetted interviews and stuff like that. It's not actual. There's no actual dog person penetration or animal stuff that happens. And it's on YouTube, folks. Yeah, that's (laughs) where I watched it. So yeah, we will be okay. (laughs) Someone has literally put zoo documentary. Ew. Okay. 
so yeah, just uh, moving on from that. What I've got FetLife down in here, but uh, I, I'd forgotten now. Uh, fortunately, the brain poison drained out of me. What was just just put it back in again? What was FetLife? FetLife is just a an online fetish community. It's sort of an uh, an umbrella site where you, if you have any fetish, mm-hmm. you can go and find people who are into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that community I found because of something awful had started finding the people's profiles there and the profiles there are ridiculous. Um, but, um, yeah, there are some seriously, uh, gross things in there. And some of them, you know, you, if you type in like some of the more dark stuff, there'll be a group, there won't be anybody in it, but there'll be, there's a lot of, you know, people who at least say they eat feces. That was a whole thing I read. (laughs) A whole, a whole thing I read from there. There's a whole thing in there where it's just like in the feces eating sub forum that was just like, who here really eats feces? <laughs> and a lot of people were like, well, I would like to think I would try it. But oh, I remember now. I blotted that out. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. You're it welcome. Was... <sighs> and there's some people who insist I have eaten that they pieces. do. Yeah. Some people have, I didn't like it. Like um, some people are like, I eat it every You're day. You're not supposed it's, to it's, like it. Yeah. It's poop. It's, it's made in you to be not eaten again. It's waste. <sighs> you know, the the crystal meth junkies, they use their they reuse their urine. But I guess oh, that God, is the sterile. Bit, the, that guy who was like, did you know urine is sterile, but it actually retains parts of the crystal meth, so I use it with, as a, an enema, and I get ever so slightly high in the mornings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're into the dregs now, people. I'm really sorry about this. The incest forums. Yeah, yeah. Those those people were notable by the fact that it didn't seem like they were able to write as well as the other the guys uh, or express themselves properly. And they actually, many of them seemed like they were genuinely insane. Um, there was that one guy saying, I have heard of pill. If you if I gave it to my was it mother, sister, or daughter, or something like that, could she perhaps... Oh, it was sister. Could she perhaps go to sleep so that I could then make fuck with her or something along those lines. <laughs> and it's like, this, I don't this really no, would be admissible in court, my friend. Yes. Well, he should have said, if swim gives pill to sister. God's sake. Um, and yeah, yeah, okay, right. So the incest one really does seem like a home for the, for the, for the completely bewildered. But uh, I'll say this, that incest is a topic that comes up on more sites than you I mean, it's the most common thing that I am like, I don't want to read this anymore. Like incest on Pokemon forums. (laughs) There's incest and like on all the confession forums, there's incest on all, you know, a lot of the the bestiality or like the, the, the sex with the boots site. Sex with the the shoes. Then her sister. There's like, like that. Yeah. The piss in the shoes thing. There's one where the guy's like, I put on my daughter's underwear, like, and I come in it so that when, um, she puts it on, my cum is on her pussy, and it's like, you know, of, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, and there was one of the confessions that I think, <clears throat> one of the confession forums, or maybe it was an extra sode that I did of a woman who was saying that she had raised her two children to have sex together and that they, she was really proud, and, you know, there's just, the, the incest thing is pervasive. It is amazingly, it's in everywhere. The incest forum, of course, is, ridiculous but um you know these some people are like this is just how we were raised and you just don't understand how that could be a possible thing but 
Well, I, again, I'm going I'm to classify these guys as, and I hate pigeonholing, but I'm going to go ahead and say three for incest, because ultimately you're, you're talking about actions that could ruin more than one life here. And yeah. uh, the same, really, for the zoo files, because ultimately a, a, a guy died from a horse's member. So that's um, comparable to the uh, chap who was uh, agreed to be eaten by the German cannibal. Ultimately, that's the high-end three, where it wasn't the intention, although actually in, in, in the cannibal's case, it actually totally was the intention. But yeah, you, yes. it's, it's dangerous to the point of insanity. Uh, and the, yeah, so the incest uh, side of... Oh, obviously, I can't lump all incest in together, but from the ones that I heard, it, it worried me. Well, sure. I mean, it is... I was going to say it was one of the most popular. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this: a lot of the times, the incest is super awful because it is like a father to a child. Uh, it's not just like brother and sister, which is I mean, let's, it's hot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, no, but just like so often, it's like you know, all in the family, or you know, it's an adult male with an adult male or female. It's just like this predatory thing that they try to, you know, say is, you know, it's just all in the family sexuality. Children are sexual creatures. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible... Okay, it's, if it's, anyone it's says children are sexual creatures, that is an immediate jump up into level four. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's just... It is... There's no doubt about it. It's a weird thing. Um, oh, weird. And again, <laughs> and it's a... The only debate is basically how dangerous it actually is, depending on each person. It's a sure. shades of gray scenario. Sure. And so if, if, if it's as popular as you're talking about, then statistically speaking, some people listening to this have dabbled with incest. Or at least fantasized about it. Because it's yeah. definitely, I mean, like I said, it is on most of the fetish sites. I'm sure on FetLife there's an incest subforum and uh, so many of the confession things. There was I read one thing that was like, Oh yeah, it was like my brother is my baby daddy. Yeah. And like uh there's a woman who proudly says that her husband and her couldn't have a child and she invited him not just to donate <laughs> seed, which is a genetic mistake in to say the least, but like to just be like, Well, let's just do it. And it's the best. It's like, okay, get out of here. <laughs> like that is unlikely, but you know. Yeah, that's funny. I was gonna say that's the funny thing is a lot of people when I read the really horrible things refuse to believe that they're true. They just their brain the shutters come down and they're like, that's not true. I don't believe that. It would be nice, more reassuring to believe. No, that's just someone making it up. That that can't actually have happened. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be like, mm, I'm not sure if this is true or not. I try not to read things like that. My bullshit detector tells yeah. me is blatantly false. Um, but. Uh, I think it's important that we allow those people their retreat, frankly, because they need to be able to get by with their daily lives and not be able to crash in traffic because they can't stop thinking about this fucking horrible thing. I do. I like like the the clockwork orange approach. (laughs) 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 Look at it. Look at it. Christ. Lovely Ludwig van. The only eventuality, if you do enough shows, is the the entirety of your listenership will be insane as well and will have completely demented, corrupted minds. Yeah. I'm so happy I could bring my listenership in on that as well. And that I will unfortunately be just as demented because I'm not stopping. Um, oh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. 
I, I wouldn't say enjoying it is uh, the, enduring it. I, I am hooked <laughs> on it. All right, I suppose. It's a, I'll take that. Putting it, it's it's more compulsive than it is enjoyable. It's like I. I uh, the worst thing is that I have to pick my daughter up from school. I'm listening to it. And so walking home, there will be t- there were times, specifically during that first bestiality one that you did, that uh, I, I paused in the middle of the street and went, oh. And I went, what? And I went, oh. Yeah. It was uh, nothing. And she went, what? It was a man who kissed a cow. I kissed a cow? And more besides. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've been on the train here in New York a couple of times this, like, you know, quality checking the podcast and it'd be like, <laughs> oh man, if people could hear this, they'd be like, get off this train. This is insane. This is terrible. And I, I was going to say the, uh, there's been one or two episodes where people have sent me emails to say that like they, they had to pull over their car. <laughs> they were retching so hard. Jesus. But, uh, that's really only like the extreme ones, like the come in food one. That was the one that made me almost throw up while I was reading it. Let's talk about the come in food one because I think we're about that, that level now. Um, and the, uh, the other, uh, bodily waste obsessives that the, the, the peers, uh, I mentioned this earlier and, uh, it's, it's pretty much exactly the same as I, as I said before. People who get an illicit thrill peeing all over the place in hotel rooms. It's just a dick move. It's so. Yes. It was not just it's so selfish and so like um narrow vision what's the word well basically you can't see that you're hurting other people or yes. you know causing yeah, yeah. misery you're like ha, 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 my little thing it's like, the one you, again it's like, it's the flip side of the hotel workers podcast you did where they um that uh, one worker went into a, a room that was basically festooned with feces and vomit. Yes. And they've yeah. basically been having a, a, a bodily waste fight in there from the sounds of it. Goes into the bathroom, <laughs> the trash bin, absolutely chock full of poop and a spotless toilet. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. The hell? yeah. That, that one, I thought that actually was pretty hilarious. <laughs> I think there was another one where there was like a, a, a ball of towels wrapped yes, around a giant feces <laughs> ball, which is like, why you just want, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I don't know. That makes no sense to me at yeah. all, but what, what the, did the train um, of thought occur that went, that actually led to that confluence of events. Well, I'm sure we've all been in public bathrooms where people are like, where you have to question mm. people's upbringing. <laughs> like, That's why those episodes are so happening. good though, because they still raise questions. They don't just give you all nothing but answers. They're all about, how did this happen? We'll never know. Yeah, the P one I've never, I was so odd. And, um, and there's definitely, it's just all about being naughty and transgressive and sort of Acting out in a way, doing something that it's not in your house. Someone else has to take care of it. It's a naughty thing that's not allowed, and it doesn't doesn't really harm anybody. <laughs> so it's like people who like piss on the Bible and like piss like make a little piss puddle in the thing. I mean, it doesn't it it doesn't make any. I mean, I guess water sports are an okay thing, but I you know if in this fetish terms but then but that, the idea again, of like urinating on in a thing that other people have to use later yeah without their knowing if it's again that that's just level one for me water sports if, if you're doing it on your own time especially in your own place and you're going to clean up after yourselves go to it whatever but 
fouling a hotel room and then running away and not tipping is shit behavior. <laughs> Would tipping really make it that much better? I don't know. Leave a hundred dollars there and go, sorry, <laughs> as you cross them in the hall. Sorry about That's, that. Yeah. Just so you know. I mean, that, that, if you give them a hundred bucks, from the sounds of it, one of the, that room required a hazmat suit team to actually clean out, costing thousands of dollars a day. Oh, yes. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's toxic waste. You're basically, but, oh, cry. And as for the jizzing on the food thing, again, level one, jizzing on a taco and eating, sorry about this, folks. I told you it would get disgusting. Jizzing on a taco and eating it, whatever, man, whatever gets you off. But, and here's where it transgresses and becomes level two. <clears throat> Sneaking it into other people's food and going, ha, 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 when they eat it or drink it. <laughs> That's just rude. Yeah, that was a, <clears throat> the, 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 the story of the guy's journey to eating his own cum was, it, I thought, a fascinating, <laughs> you know, like just. It was a rocky road for sure. Was, he had a hard time doing it, which just makes sense because it is a weird, horrible thing. But, and, and the route that he eventually took to being able to eat it. Whenever he likes, is, is fine. It was my wife will be turning off because this was her limit. It was yeah, it was it's nauseating. Like I don't blame. And and I think at the end of that episode, there's like a I have a code word that people are supposed to say if they've ep- listened to the whole thing. And people occasionally will post that on my Facebook page, and I'll be like, <laughs> okay, I did listen to the whole thing. What was Good for you? I've, I you know what? I didn't get the code word, so um, I, I have not officially listened to the whole thing. Then it would appear. I yeah, it's I, like it's in the outro. Sometimes I. I think I had so much to listen Easter to that I te- as soon as you come in with the music of ding ding ding, ding I go right. Yeah. What's the next one? Yeah, that's the one people were sick. The, the people who were like my wife's friends came over and I mixed some come into their their uh, pina coladas. She thinks it's hilarious. It's like okay, so you're. You are doing a criminal act and your wife thinks it's hilarious to taint your friend's food. Like, please. <laughs> you two are both assholes. Never. Yeah, that was the one where people were like, I can't eat anything anymore because I'm going to be concerned that people are putting jizz in all my food. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a, the most yeah. likeliest of scenarios. Yes. Jizz in food at every corner. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was that would be that's a it's a worst case scenario. We Again, these live our people lives are mostly it. only level two, except for those two that apparently stabbed each other in the hotel room. Yes, the blood soaked towels. That's a great photo. <sighs> um, <laughs> the, Is that the, fruit punch? Nah, it's blood. It's blood everywhere. Hi. Last monkey writes. This is going to get buried, but here goes. I worked as a room attendant, brackets, maid, for four years to get myself through university. I've seen some pretty messed up stuff. This was the worst and most disgusting one ever, though. I was having a really stressful day, as it was a Sunday, which are typically, and for obvious reasons, the busiest day for the housekeeping department. I wasn't even supposed to work, so I was busy, tired, and pissed off. It was 1 p.m., and I was waiting for a large family to check out of two adjoined rooms. Checkout is 12, so they were already an hour late. This puts me seriously behind schedule, and I was already feeling cranky, so I was just standing there in the hall, arms crossed, waiting for them to get their shit together. Bitchy, I know, but hey. They passed me several times. It was quite obvious I was going to be cleaning the room, and they had passed me about 10 times as they went back and forth to their car. When they finally left, I went into the room and stood in shock about three minutes. It looks as though a long, harrowing war had been fought exclusively with bodily waste. Of the four double beds in the room, three of them were soaked with puke. 
absolutely soaked. Not just a little bit of puke on the comforters, but three white duvets now entirely orange. It was clear that someone had gotten sick, and instead of cleaning up and staying in the original puke bed, they had moved on to two others. There was puke in the carpets, pizza crust everywhere, the curtains were hanging off the window, brackets which are a bitch to put back on. Bathroom number one looked like someone had trapped a heroin-addled monkey inside it for the night. It was a nightmare. But the worst part, the part that made me so mad I ran down the hall after them, was this. When I went to the bathroom, I noticed a perfectly clean toilet, but was overwhelmed by the disgusting smell of poop. (laughs) I then realized that the garbage can had been shit into several times and was overflowing with feces, with the toilet right beside it untouched. I was so upset by this extremely disrespectful gesture that I completely lost my temper, started bawling, and ran out of the room at top speed to track them down. I didn't find them, though, as they had already checked out and had likely sped away. No tip, no note, no explanation despite them seeing me and making eye contact several times. They were fined $200, but I didn't see a dime. I still think about that to this day and get really angry and have fantasies about tracking them down and letting them know how much they suck. I'm mad again. And cat-like thief hats. Weirdest thing? The amount of dildos that people bring and proceed to leave behind. Craziest thing, I work in a four-star hotel in the middle of Kansas. Had an elderly man come by to check in. I asked him what had brought him to Kansas after seeing he had come from Florida. He told me it was just on a trip. About four to five hours later, I noticed a spiral notebook sitting at the side of the front desk. I remembered the old man had been holding it. After contacting his room several times, I decided I might as well check and see if there was a name inside. No name, but a shit ton of writing. He had filled up nearly to the end of this large spiral. Being that we were at 14% occupancy, I had plenty of time on my hands. It was the journal of an old man's trip. His wife had died four months before his decision to leave on a trip. His original plan was just to drive through Florida and possibly make his way to NYC. He wrote of how he had no real direction, was just sticking to the highways. After his first night on the trip, he had already made it to Georgia and was debating on which way to go from there. His wife and him had been together for 43 years when she passed. She was his best friend, and I found it odd that he felt the need to write something like this in a journal about a trip. He landed on driving the Orion Trail. The rest of the journal was fucking heartbreaking. The old dude was just looking for peace and solace from passing of his life partner. The journal covered the entire trip to Oregon and back. The only actual quote I can remember clearly from his writing was, quote-unquote, made it to the Pacific today. It is bittersweet. To think that I can enjoy something so beautiful without her, I feel guilty. That small bit was so damn touching. I was off shift before I had a chance to give the man his journal back, but apparently the night auditor was able to catch him before he left around 5 a.m. And we'll end this episode with this short anecdote by Burgle Boy, who writes, I had a guy who said his microwave didn't work. I went up to the room and found he had locked a plate of food in the safe. So, I mean, yeah, I think that we've we've now plumbed the depths. I've I've got other questions to ask you, but uh, and I'll, I'll just go for them in turn. But I don't, I don't think sure. there's really anything more gruesome and grotesque than the, than the uh, ones we've already mentioned. Um, no, I think that's pretty much the, the <laughs> top and the bottom. Yeah. So the next question, and it's not—I don't want to make it a leading question, but uh, did any of these actually instill an interest in you in the subject matter? Oh no, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Any um, of 120, not one of them have you gone, ah, I'd be interested in that now. No, not really. The, um, wow. I was pretty much, um, I've been into awful things my whole life. So, uh, none of these things have really been super enlightening to me uh, or like, you know, you know, the depth that people take in their interest in it is, but, uh, you know, certainly bestiality and incest and, 
all those things that were all familiar to me. At least I knew of them. Um, You've got to be careful with how you're explaining this. Yes, exactly, exactly. No, but <laughs> certainly like, you know, bestiality was familiar to sure. me. Sure. Well, I went to uh, Amsterdam in uh, when I was twenty, twenty-one, and bought some horrible magazines to bring back to share with my roommates, and uh, including like a horse fucking magazine and a dog fucking magazine, like all these dumb things that you can buy on the street there. And uh, every once in a while, I still pull them out and terrify people with them. But um, yeah, so I've just had sort of a fascination with people's grossness over the years. So nothing ever was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna start fantasizing about being eaten by Pokemon. Sounds good. Why not? None of it has like, ever piqued my interest in that regard. I've learned a lot about drugs, that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, still in my mostly vanilla world, um, I think things that have, things that have caught me off guard again, like with the, the bugs or people who are so into Avatar that they really wish that, it, that the planet in Avatar was real and could go live there. Um, that was things like interesting that. because if you, if I, I listened to what they were saying and I actually, I agree with the sentiment, but it was, you ever, you remember the Michael Jackson song, Heal the World? Mm. Probably. It was from Dangerous. It was this, this incredibly drippy song about how, um, you know, if everyone um, comes together and, and joins hands and sings in harmony, then the world will be a better place. I completely agree with the sentiment, but it was delivered in a way that made it, I never want to be part of that club. I can't relate to people who only idealize and aren't able to see that it is idealism. Yeah, though that, that whole thing was so much about, yeah, just people practicing practicing wish wishcraft about wishing that the world was not a terrible place to live in it's the exclusion of all rationality that uh, makes it difficult to really relate to to communities that one person was basically i want to be a wonderful place to live if the world of all technology disappeared and someone else came in and said like 99.9 percent of people like the internet and having it you're posting on it right now that's actually from grand theft auto 3 Someone actually was uh, phoning up Laszlo, the uh, DJ, to complain about phones and wanted to get rid of all forms of uh, communication apart from carrier pigeons, the irony being she was talking <laughs> on a phone. Right, of course. Quite like our Avatar myself, but there was a large amount of people who got involved with um, with, with deeply loving it. With People forget that those creatures were vicious. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people can't also the air. they're like, oh, it's just like I've, uh, I've, I've been there before. It's, it's been very carefully created to be as appealing a place as possible. I think they're sort of underestimating the abilities of James Cameron. Yeah, of course. Bless those blue aliens. Yep. So sexy. <laughs> Although the, the one about Angelina Jolie as a Navi or Natiri. And then there's this sort of long debate over who would be hotter or not. And it's like, wow, you guys are super idealistic, but you're also dicks. You're going to your ridiculous hot or not discussions. It's like, I would not have sex with Angelina Jolie. She is not as hot as Natiri. It's it's okay. Absurd. But yeah, nope, I've never been like, I've never been intrigued. Not one of 120 odd subjects. Very odd. Like I said, the drugs, the drugs thing I find fascinating and, and very informative. Um, but other than that, like, I've never found a fetish that I was like, you know what? I am into peeing in hotels. I just never admitted it to myself. I'm going to try it from now on. You know what? Screw the maid. I'm going on the yeah. floor. I mean, for no other reason than you'd have to then go to sleep in the room. You're like, oh, I wish I hadn't peed on the floor. Or, or I'd just done it just before I left. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so uh, this one's going to be an interesting one. How do you stave off feeling too judgmental? Um, well, in my reading, I try to—I just try to read it. You know, um, I, early on, I did an episode about the sneeze fetish. Form. I, I have not caught that one yet. Okay, so in that one, I got an email saying from someone who's like, "My, we listen to your—I listen to your podcast, and my friend just found out that his girlfriend is on the sneeze fetish forum, and." Uh, he, so this is the thread where she talked about getting him to sneeze for her and he broke up with her and she's an idiot. And I, I read it and I, I mean, I read the letter to me, which was judgmental. And then I was, I was kind of judgmental. It was early on. I was kind of like, Ugh, these, I'm going to read from these dummies. And I read it and she, <laughs> she found out about it and wrote me back with a very angry, insulting email. <laughs> Uh, and the forum itself, the sneeze fetish forum found out about it and they were split. Like they, some of them realized that their fetish, which is that when other people sneeze, they are aroused, not themselves. When they hear other people sneeze, it does something for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, some of them were very angry that I had read cause I was obviously making fun of them. And then some of them were like, what we, our fetish is silly. Uh, and, and there's that ability to laugh at yourself that seems yourself. lacking uh, in a lot of the uh, groups. Right. So some of them actually contacted me and said they thought it was funny, and you know I actually had dialogues with them, and I actually offered an apology to the girl, and offered to you know send her a magnet, or whatever. I send the yeah, I send the fans magnets, and so I offered to send her a magnet and apologize, and she just wrote me back an email calling me a loser and whatever, which is whatever. Um, so after that, I kind of try to reel in my own opinions. You know, if, if something tickles me while I'm reading it, I leave it in. It's usually because someone is saying something so blatantly absurd that they <laughs> are somehow rationalizing at, or that they're just, you know, saying something horrible that it's as so casually that I just, I'm like, my, it's too funny to so keep in. But, um, yeah, I really try not to, uh, outwardly judge. I mean, obviously the things I'm reading, are often very, uh, you know, considered by, you know, polite society to be beyond the pale or gross, but, uh, uh, or weird or dumb. It's just a matter of, you know, they like it. So I try to give it, you know, just a flat, a flat read so that they, at least it's out there. So actually this probably kind of uh, relates uh, in some way to, to how you, um, now, try to be more impartial uh have you and this is behind the scenes as well changed emotionally because of the show uh since you began oh i would yeah i wouldn't say so i'd say it's the same thing as my earlier thing about i've always been into weird things yeah 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 there's a couple of things i've been really holding off reading um the people have sent me just because i just don't know if i want myself being recorded saying them and of all the horrible things i've read (laughs) There are a couple of sites people have sent me to where I'm just like, oh, I don't know <laughs> if I want to be. Uh, am I, are, you, are you willing to mention what they are or would you rather just keep that? Uh, I'll just keep them in my pocket in case I do want to do them. But fine, they, um, sure. there's actually a couple of them. I sent you, the, I sent you the link to that weekend web thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that Skype channel. Um, and one of them is right on that front page, I believe. Uh, so was that the one you put in the chat window or in an email? In the, it's in the chat, it's in the chat window. Okay. But I'll, I'll send you the actual link. 
people will just have to wonder. Yeah, there's just a couple of things. I haven't, you know, like I said, a couple of times, some of the things I've read, have, like, they linger as sort of like, as sort of a bummer <laughs> on the, and the brain poison where I'll just be like, oh yeah. So just this enormous list of, uh, is this a something awful thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh I, my God. I have found, uh, <laughs> I have found something awful.com to be a wonderful place. Yeah, uh, it's been, it's been great. And everyone I've met through that site has been a, a great person to know. But, uh, I think more then than now, they dabbled in sort of darker things, but now they, it's just a silly place and fun. But, uh, I'm just aghast reading this. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> yeah. The, oh yeah. The link I sent you. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. grim. You can feel free to share. I just, uh, there's two of those sites. I won't tell you the other one. <laughs> But the problem with those sites is that they, it's so hard to read without constantly using words that are not polite in society. Yeah. And also the, the, the rage is so nonsensical. It's hard to, uh, hard to read it. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's, it's almost like reading the tea party stuff, except more focused on hate and hatred racism instead of just hating liberals. Well, see the uh, the the one about the white supremacists who are trying to work out a way to make the, the mentality of that. There was everyone who isn't a racist is genocidal because they want to end the white race. Um, yeah, and we have to work out ways to use the same sort of subtle language they do, rather than just shouting uh, racial slurs. Because for some reason, shouting racial slurs doesn't work or help us. Yeah, white screaming white power doesn't seem to be getting the traction. Yeah. So we've got to work for. out ways to to use um, carefully placed negative language with children so that they will start seeing our point of view on this. And yeah. that was so insidious. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is the, uh, it's the funny thing for me about all those white power websites, Spearhead, Stormfront, all those places, mm. is that they're so sad. They're all so like, why don't people realize what's happening yeah, I saw a black guy and he did this, and I wanted to do something. But when is the when is the race war starting? Like they just they want someone else to take care of all their racially based problems, and luckily, you know, thankfully they're not doing anything about themselves. But yeah. just such, they're in such a place of like constant fear, confusion, and fear. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, and it's not they're and they're angry because they're you know they're don't have any power and whatever, but it's like, it's when I read those things, I'm just like, Oh, you guys, you guys just got to find something else to be worried about. Cause this is just like the, one of the, there's zero you can do about this. We just want to all live in the Pacific Northwest and have our own little country where just white people do white things, have mayonnaise and whatever. But you know, it's just so sad. I mean, I, I you know, I, every once in a while there'll be someone who has a, they get really, angry on that side too don't, yeah. be, don't get me wrong it's not just all whining but they um yeah they, they're whole they're coming from a place of like zero power except for white power of course it's just sad now looking <laughs> at the um uh, the something awful uh articles you've got going down there well, i did a um a piece uh, several years back called uh, on sneering at the whole looking at the geek hierarchy and how um, geeks tend to look down on other social groups of geeks 
and mm-hmm. put themselves in a higher social strata. So I want to make absolutely damn certain that I'm not um, coming off here as sneering at groups um, or, or any particular group of people who have any particular unusual lifestyle. Again, as far as I'm concerned, most weirdness comes under the category one. Sure. Not an issue. Uh, but the, the super racist that you're outlining here, um, it's, it's fucking baffling. And, uh, again, I will fight for their freedom of speech, but I'm not happy about it. Sure. Christ, no. Um, <laughs> and I will also fight for people's right not to fucking have to listen to it. Yeah. Sorry. Just, uh, that's, that's okay. A couple of things that kind of get under my skin. Uh, super racism is one of them. Super, uh, homophobia, super, um, but it's just like, like intolerance taken to insane levels. Perverts, I've got no real issue with. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, right, so, um, just bring it down to earth, shall we? What do you do on a daily basis? Oh, uh, you mean for my job? Yeah, or yeah your just, job and, and, and what you, uh, uh well, for, <clears throat> for the beginning of my whole podcast, I worked at Columbia University, mm-hmm. um, in the Graduate School of Architecture, just doing audio video stuff and I had a lot of downtime so I was able to record them and a lot of those early episodes you can hear me being interrupted you get, yeah interrupted people are sort of asking you stuff you're like god damn I'm making podcast yeah, history it was, here it's pretty funny because um, I would be reading like some horrible <laughs> thing. I mean, it's, a, it's a miracle that I, you know no one came to me and was like you should not be going to these horrible fetish sites while you're and at I work. Peed in her shoes. I got yeah. so hard. Yeah, and then <laughs> and I, oh, can I get some equipment? I'm like, yeah, hold on. <laughs> um, it's just um, it takes too long to explain. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, well, the funny thing was that you could no one could hear me from back from the room was deep enough that no one could hear what I was saying. Christ, you could <clears> be <throat> fired for some of that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I've been blessed with jobs that. I have very little oversight in up until now. Now I work, uh, for the company that owns League of Legends, um, doing their television broadcast stuff. So, uh, and that is a, another bizarro journey. If, <clears throat> if you're actually watching the League of Legends world finals that were happening in LA last week, mm-hmm. I actually did the, uh, intros to the teams, which is oh, kind of nice. Fun. Yeah. That was just like I, you know, my bosses knew, know that I do voiceover stuff and they were just like, we want you to do the voice of God intros for the players and whatever. And, uh, I was like, sure, why not? So that was sort of an unexpected bonus. Let's play uh, some snippets of that now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the season three League of Legends World Championship final between Korea's SK Telecom T1 and China's Royal Club. Starting on the blue side for game one of this best of five series with a season three world championship record of five wins and one loss, it's China's regional tournament champions, Royal Club. In the top lane, godlike. In the jungle, Lucky in mid, white at AD carry, Uzi, and starting at support, Royal Club's captain, Tabe. This 
Bucks Royal Club. And but when I do the live show, which I haven't done for a year, but I plan to do another one soon, uh, you know, people come out and see it. So where do you normally hold those? Uh, the last two I did at a th- improv theater here in the city that I used to perform at called the people's improv theater. Gotcha. Um, and they have sort of a nice little space in the basement with a projector and I share images from things I've read, including things that you can't see in the podcast because okay. they're, you know, audio, but I show, I do screen grabs of the posts and sort of scroll through them as I read. Um, do you get just regular members of the public sort of wandering in there going, what is this? And then suddenly, no, it's pretty much people who are fans of the podcast. Oh, okay. I posted it. A couple people from, uh, Reddit came there. Are a couple people from something awful came, um, some friends and stuff. It was funny. There was definitely at the last show, a guy whose kid had dragged him to it. Nice. Um, and he was, uh, at the screensaver before the show had all these like little, like, you know, on my Mac, like these like, falling tiles of posts that I wasn't using in that episode. So it was all about like, I'm having sex with a boar. I'm having, <laughs> my brother is my baby daddy. Like he was just, he looked like, what has my son brought me to? This How old is was his crazy. Son? I want to say 16, maybe. I've had, um, I think the youngest person who emailed me was a 15 year old who said he got permission from his parents to listen to it. Jesus. Uh, uh, and it was an episode that I was like, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the youngest. What episode was that about? I think it may have been the come on food episode. (laughs) I'm not sure. Well, honey, he wants to know about jism. Sure. <laughs> He's exploring the world. Why not? Well, they learn on the internet than from us. Yeah. And don't feed us any of that pie. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, yeah, grim. Jesus. But uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I told you, uh, I don't know if you've heard this story, but related to the dark, dark fetish one, there was a, a, a mother and daughter who told me separately that they listened to the podcast and then realized that they were both on the Facebook page like oh you we we're both sharing that we like the podcast oh my god and they thank me for for the podcast bringing them together oh that's nice and so they asked for magnets and i sent them <laughs> sent them a magnet. i often doodle on the back of the envelopes and it was it was right when the fet life not when the uh, when the dark the fetish dark. so like on the back of it a I'm lot of times squirming the, at this the humor is a little dark yeah uh, i drew like a i wrote like a mother and daughter togetherness kit uh-huh. Like these two nuisances. Oh, Christ. <laughs> and then I wrote them an email after I dropped the mail, like apologizing immediately, like, oh my God. <laughs> I may have gone over the line. They, luckily, they thought it was funny, but, um, <laughs> that was probably the darkest thing I ever did on that thing. That but is- I thought it was hilarious that a mother and daughter, uh, were fans of the podcast together and they listened to it together and just sort of shake their heads together. And they said, I can't even photos. get my mom to listen to my podcast. Yeah. I don't know if my mom has ever listened. To the podcast that, you know, I know I take comfort in the fact that my father, although he's passed away, would have thought it was hilarious. Oh. He is a, a instiller. He instilled a, a great love of terrible things in me early in life. He was also a very strange person, but that's nice that you continue to. carrying on his work. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> The Sometimes strange. Some of the times, I definitely know he would have. He would have just been like, "Oh, whatever. This is insane." <laughs> but, 
And, uh, okay, right, uh, just let's round off here. Um, uh, can you tell us anything that you've got planned for future shows? Nothing that you're um, obviously skittish about uh, doing, but something that you're looking forward to or has only just recently come to your attention? Um, well, the next episode that I'll probably be releasing in the next day or two is about, I think, uh, Phenazepam, which is a benzodiazepine. It's unscheduled. It may have been scheduled in the U.K., in the last year or so, mm-hmm. but it is a drug that makes you uh, have amnesia and do out. outrageous things. Not like not like PCP where you turn over cars, but more like <laughs> uh, uh, you take it, you forget you did it, and then you lose all your inhibitions and decide to do all kinds of other drugs and act like a jerk and end up in jail. Maybe have sex with strangers, maybe prostitute yourself. Um, uh, that so has very few positive effects. It has very few. It's it's basically like Xanax from space. So people <laughs> are like, they take it, it gives them, makes them relaxed, and then they black out. And the next thing they know, every most of the stories are told through someone else telling them what they did. Um, and they just have nothing. No one's ever like, it was a great day. Yeah, They're always like. So this is like I am told that yes. I barged in on a brass band and they'll be like took snippets. A it's like snippets of their like I remember I was in jail, but I don't know why I was there, and <laughs> or I wrecked my car, then I brought someone else's car and I destroyed that car, and um, so it's kind of entertaining in that regard. And then uh, someone just. Someone just sent me a couple. Uh, there's a, another, definitely another. Oh, I want to say it's about possession. They're basically, basically sexual fantasies being demon possessions, if I remember correctly. But I've got a couple of, of pretty decent ones lined up. Um, there, I'm drawing a blank on. But you gave me an idea for doing uh, one on just Amazon one star reviews of, of films that are acknowledged to be great. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's so a good I, idea. I think I might do that myself. Unless yeah, I forgot about that one. No, yeah. no, I did. I did that one about great books. classic novels. Yeah, classic novels. Yeah, people like Moby Melville. Dick sucks. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Fifty pages to describe a whale when I just did it in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so I yep. think. I might uh, locate some uh, particularly uh, scathing reviews of, say, I don't know, The Dark Knight, something which is largely regarded to be nearly perfect. Anyway. Um, bad uh, opinions make the best reading. They do, especially <laughs> if they're really badly misspelled. So uh, if, if uh, my listeners want to jump on and uh, suggest certain forums that you have to check out, where can they do that? Um, well, I recommend you can either send them to me via the Facebook group mm-hmm. uh or you can my my email address is loureads at gmail.com we'll put that in the show notes then fantastic thank you so so much for coming on lou it, uh, thanks for having me it's been great great fun but the, <laughs> the grimmest episode i've done so far we could possibly break it at some point in the future Rather than <laughs> cap, i don't know <laughs> and i look forward to uh, chatting with you at some future point about something absolutely horrific <laughs> Sounds good. I'd love to do it. Cool. To play us out, this is Garfunkel and Oates singing Sex with Ducks, a protest song in favour of gay marriage. Next week will be part two of the ongoing Gonzo Adventures, and following that will be the first of our four-part deep dive into the green and black code of The Matrix. Pat Robertson once said, It's a long downward slide 
right to legalizing sex with ducks if two men can stand side by side. God, I hope he's right, cause if gay marriage becomes lawful, I'm gonna find myself a duck and legally do something awful. Sex with ducks, we'll do it in the rain. Ducks, yeah, ducks. Got those web feet on my brain. We'll find a pond, we'll find a puddle. Put your beak in mine and we'll cuddle. It's a feeling I can't name. When sex with ducks and gay marriage are one and the same. That goose, gonna quack that swan, gonna rubber my ducky all night long, gonna whack that mallard till its feathers plume, gonna hew it, do it, Louie, all over the room. Scrooge McDuck, gonna give it to you, dive into your gold until you say ducktails. Ducks, sex with ducks, we'll do it in the rain. Ducks, yeah, ducks. Feathered bodies are insane We'll find a pond, we'll find a puddle I'll be the wind beneath your wings and we'll cuddle It's a feeling I can't name When sex with ducks and gay marriage are one and the same One and the same One and the same Skeebles writes, At Disney World, I was in the bathroom stall doing my business when suddenly I hear a man enter, running. He goes to the stall next to mine and kicks the door open, like how you would try to break down a door during a fire. He yells at the top of his lungs, It's shitting time! I am baffled and amused in my stall, trying not to burst out laughing. When I leave, his stall is closed and I can't get a look at the mystery man. Outside, I crack up laughing and tell everyone. It's since become an inside joke in my family. Really, though, I can't say this was a failure of humanity, because anyone that can manage to be that excited over taking a shit is definitely a happier man than I. Okay, folks, if you listen this far, then you get to hear the secret code word. Um, let's just make it a reference to that final little tidbit from Lou. So, yeah, if you want to proudly proclaim that you got all the way to the end of this show, just... Tweet or Facebook message me or say on the forums, I-S-T. It's shitting time. Regular Gonzo service will resume next week.